going to die, but I'm still going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be the title. <laughs> uh, well, shall we get into it officially? Officially, I think we've been into it for like a little while. Oh, okay. Well then, uh, hello, Peter. Uh, it is me, Brian, and uh, you and all of our listeners, uh, I guess including myself now, are listening to A Little Snack. Little, it's, little snack. It is Tuesday, December 1st, 2020. Um, and we are coming to you from, uh, and I know I did this last, last podcast too, but I, we, I just, we're going to jump right into it right off the top. We're going to get it out of the way. It's a great thing, but Trump has lost. Yes. The election. That's right. It's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. We, we last podcasted, I guess at the end of October, uh, here we are now, December, just starting. Uh, the entire month of November passed by us unremarked, so we've got some catching up to do, of course. Um, but but yes, it's it's um, four four long years now. Uh, will will officially come to uh, an end in terms of the tenor of 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 what we've all endured, and that's a that's a great thing. There was there was it was touch and go for a while after the election because we didn't know how successful our you know, would be fascist, you know, uh, president for life, uh, how hard he would fight to stay in. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, um, he is at the end of the day, super inept as are his team and they couldn't really get anything going. There are institutions, uh, though he might've made them rickety. Uh, they did, they did end up holding up against the onslaught. He is to this day on December 1st has not conceded. um, and uh, is still saying that he won, but he is yet very conceited. Yes, that. What's the difference there, Mister Word of the Cast? Uh, in terms of spelling, uh, it's it's uh, conceit is C E I T, and concede right. is C E D E. Oh, there you um, go. That's enough. That's yeah. all I needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's that will do it. Um, so. We are we are happily looking forward now to January twentieth when uh, when Trump goes away. Uh, Thirty nine days. That's right. That's right. And we're looking at maybe uh, him not showing up for the uh, the inauguration. Um, I think that would be fine in a way. I mean, uh, who wants him, honestly? But uh, I guess it would set a bad precedent. But I I I think bad maybe president. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's naivete. But I feel like um, that sort of president, however much of his, you know, kind of authoritarian uh, tendencies are going to become sort of permanent features of the Republican Party, some of these more petulant aspects of Trump are, I think, going to die with him, uh, mm-hmm. at, le- at least with his presidency. Um, but it's it's like a it's like a huge weight. Um, and I can feel it. I mean, with that and the vaccine news, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty great. Yeah. That's another thing we haven't, we haven't talked since the vaccine, uh, information came out. That's true. Uh, so there's, there's a lot going on. I, I told you I've had the vaccine in my closet since like the first couple of weeks of this thing, but I just oh. was enjoying being with my family so much <laughs> that I just didn't, you know, I'm going to leave it in that closet and yeah. spend some more time with my family. I, they're just so fun right. every day, just yeah. smiling faces and appreciative and listening. They, they follow orders. They say, yes, sir. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, uh, it's great. And, you know, you know, I was like, you know what? Maybe other people aren't having as good a time as I am. So <laughs> Pfizer, uh, go ahead. Try to see if the FDA will pass, pass this. Well, that's, that's sweet of you to finally release that. But are you sure you're not talking about the disinfectant that you had in your closet that you were going to inject into yourself? I think that's not a vaccine, if that's what you were thinking of. They did they did finally disprove that. Um, well, I was glowing in the dark. I went <laughs> to my closet after I just shot. Is that it? It was just a small side effect. Yeah, a minor, a minor, minor. side effect. So um, <clears throat> all of the voting – well, actually, not all the voting is done. I say that. Um uh, the control of the Senate is still hangs in the balance and in, in my um, the the great state of Georgia where I reside uh, two senators are in runoff elections if both Democrats were to win then they would uh, flip control of the Senate over the Democrats um, we really don't know how it looks it's been a long time since we've had some accurate polling in Georgia um, and our side is very motivated uh, and and I think Trump has muddied the water with all of his the vote is rigged talk. Mm -hmm. So Republicans are um, uh, a little confused about whether they should vote at all. Um, the vote was rigged by the voters. That is exactly it. We we rigged it for uh, for uh, ourselves, I guess. And uh, so it's possible that we could we could flip it. And and um, just based on the number of letters that I have gotten from people around the country urging me to vote. Um, and the, the, actually the letters that I myself am writing to other Georgians mm -hmm. to get them to vote, to vote. My, we just got our, uh, packet from Amazon for postcards to send down to Georgia for my wife oh. to start mailing some people. But I was told that that doesn't matter. They don't want them to do that. And I don't know. She said something tonight. So now we have all these postcards. So if you want a postcard from us, just let us know. Oh, I, I, I certainly would. What they, who said that they didn't, they didn't work or they don't want them. Who? Well, yeah, yeah, we're. Oh, she, she because well, because I actually what what prompted me to start writing letters was um, uh, essentially some some good studies that said that they did actually work, and that um, you know a personalized handwritten letter um, will actually have a much higher percentage chance of getting somebody out to vote that otherwise wouldn't. And I was just like, mm. well, if that works, then I'm going to do it. So. Um, I think a lot of other people read that because I, I'm a little insulted by the letters I've gotten because, as I understood it, you were only supposed to send letters to people who were like seldom voters, you know, some <laughs> sometimes voted. And I'm like, uh, why am I getting this? I vote all the okay. I there are some like, you know, city council runoffs that I don't I don't make it out to. Okay, yeah, that's that's the but. I make it out to every uh, midterm, every presidential election, every 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 runoff with statewide or nationwide ramifications. So um, it, it, I, I hope that other people who get my letters don't feel similarly insulted. But um, we'll we'll see how good the 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 email and the names list that we're on is when all the votes are tallied. But I just think that uh, they, you know that you're a Democrat and they're trying to get every single one of you out. So yeah. but the fact that you're getting multiple ones means that it's not organized. Yeah. Or yeah. they're handing out the list twice to many people. They're giving out multiple address, same address to multiple people. Yeah. It's <clears throat> I've gotten, I've gotten postcards and I've gotten one from a group called vote forward, which is the one I'm doing. Um, and 
so I've gotten one from Vote Forward. Peggy got one from Vote Forward. So maybe this is the only ones that we get from Vote Forward if if their process is uh, is as it has been explained to me, where they have a one list, and once you've you've been added on one list, you're off of that list for good. Someone either did or didn't send you the letter. Um, but but I think there are a number of groups, and they're all in. A, I mean, I, I you know. So is is the Amazon postcards group? Is that something that 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 is sort of done th- through Amazon? No, it's just we purchased postcards through Amazon. Oh, and okay. They up. And she was doing something through one of the through one of the groups. It might be the forward one. Um, oh, okay. I'm not okay. sure. But they, tonight she said, "Oh, they don't they don't need the postcards." So I'm I'm not sure. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. I'm more than happy to say go vote date, put a date on it, and send it to somebody in. Atlanta. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think uh, vote forward is is um, the real deal. So anybody who's listening who wants to uh, say they did a little bit extra to try and uh, put Mitch McConnell out of the majority leader's job, then uh, check out uh, vote forward and you'll it's easy to sign up, easy to get a list. Actually, they didn't want me at first. Um, <laughs> a, a short aside, I uh, I applied to vote forward and they asked me, like, you know, why do you want to do it? And blah, blah, blah. And I had all this. I was like, well, I, you know, uh, talking about John Ossoff and Warnock, the, the two Democratic candidates and flipping control of the Senate and blah, blah, blah. And they said, uh, we do not want, uh, please do not mention anything about the, the national stakes associated with this, this, these races. All we want, you want to talk about voting and voter. These are the words that really get people motivated. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So uh, I, in my letters, I, I haven't mentioned anything about, you know, policy um, you know, how it'll affect the country, blah, blah, blah. I just talk about why it's important to vote. And apparently that, that, that they've found is the thing that motivates people most. And so after I convinced them that I was not going to just be a, you know, partisan bomb thrower about with my letters, they, they agreed to allow me into the program. So, um, just a note, a word to the wise for anyone else who, who might be thinking of, of signing up. They, they, they don't, they don't want, I guess, They'll let you in, but just 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 so you know that they they don't want uh, anyone talking about um, uh, specific policies, specific politicians or um, national ramifications to the race. But um, it does feel good to to do something beyond just just vote. Um, And I'm glad I'm glad I'm I'm having the opportunity to do it. Um, So, yeah, how how are you feeling about before we get into uh, Thanksgiving? Any any how are you feeling about? uh, where things stand politically. I mean, just af- after the election. Um, I've been reading a bunch of articles about how <clears throat> that, that reaffirm the thought that what we're seeing here, the stupidity in America is nothing new. Mm. Um, but what yeah. is new this time is the speed at which stupidity travels is oh, faster yeah. than ever before. Uh, and that's what we're confronting. The fake news, as they've been called it, are the the lies and lying can just turn into truths because it's so much easier to feel like instead of understanding the actual truth, it's so much easier to understand these stories, these lies right. that are told. And how do you engage people and come on common ground and, and move forward? And it's, that's the scary part of um, um, moving forward together as one country. Especially with those numbers, I mean, seventy some million people voting once one way, which we the Democrats won by uh, Biden won by ten million 
votes about. Was that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds right. I mean, I mean, and it's, he's got the most votes ever, but of course the most people voted in this election than ever before. And we have more voters than ever. So it's like, what, what are the percentages? I don't know. Right. 70 to 80. So what is that? It's 5%. Yeah. I think, um, I think he's, he's coming up on five, uh, 5% uh, margin, which is, yeah. you know, significant. Yeah. And, and because of the noise, the other, the losing side is making, it just, it doesn't seem as large as it is. It, it's, it affects uh, it that way. Right. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done by that administration. And so far, everything that they've done, uh, like a week ago, it was uh, the, the current administration was not cooperating with the new administration. And now it's been a week since then. And now it seems like, oh, okay, things are moving forward. Yeah, it's going to happen. Um how do I feel? Um, I feel everybody's nervous. Even that, that's like both sides are nervous mm-hmm. instead of yeah. being confident. But the more and more I see the decision making that's already happening versus these idiots who are going up the elevator at Trump Tower uh, four years ago. Oh, yeah. And, and just the hell of like, who is he bringing in? What not? Like he even met with Al Gore and he wasn't going to like Al Gore walked away. So this guy's an idiot. Yeah, you know, but everybody walks out of the meeting and says, "Oh, well, I'm hopeful. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. Give him a chance." And we did. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. In the end, that was uh, not smart to do. I don't. I don't know how I. Um, how I feel. It's. I. I don't feel good because the COVID is still going on. Yeah. Um, and I still haven't taken that vaccine out. I'm just. You know. I've, I'm. Letting them right. know that that it's in the closet. Um, yeah. So the steps have started, but yeah, we're still far away because of the I, lock on your closet I, door. I don't feel good. I feel. I feel. I've been lately. I've been angry. Really. I'm getting to angry moods, and it's not depressed or anything. Just like I'm angry. I'm yeah. Just, I don't know what this is, but I'm angry. And um, it's nice to see things going on in the world. Uh, like SpaceX has been amazing this year. Yeah. It's, getting like I, I have to like wrangle my kids to come sit in front of the tv and like look people are going into space yeah and they're, they don't care they're not, they're not as interested like when i was a kid it was like, we were glued to that like oh sure and like yeah. while because of cha- of a uh, uh, challenger we're watching it and it's like white knuckled like uh, the first yeah, two right months. okay they're in space we're good yeah yeah um and it's 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 great so it's good to see things like that happening in the news um and uh, sadly now that they've done two the third one of course will go probably unwatched because that's what happens with people's interest like oh yeah we're in, we're we're sending rockets up this way now right right yeah, until, well, until it blows up and then everybody's like ooh we got to find out all about it who screwed up that's right. screw that Elon Musk he killed people <laughs> yeah that's oh. true there see there I go I'm angry already <laughs> getting getting pissed off well, yeah, I mean, that's a good point because it's like, you know, uh, what would have to happen in, in the realm of space to sort of rekindle people's interest in, in the way we've seen historically? Is it is it a man landing on the Mars? Is that the next thing where people are really all going to stand up and pay attention again to, to what we're doing in terms of space exploration? Do you think they're going to let a man land on Mars or a woman? Mm, that's a good point. Um, a human. Uh, get, whoever whoever it might get be woke, brian <laughs> get woke bro yeah so so when when they when they shove a woman out of the spaceship onto <laughs> mars 
for the first time. Now I have this vision of like some woman who didn't want to go on a spaceship. She's like chained up and they're bringing her up. There. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, like we're like, being woke. Get out there. Yeah. Like, like she's going to die, but I'm going to watch anyway. <laughs> but I kind of think that would be the next thing. Like, even if you landed, I mean, we, we, we've landed a spaceship on an asteroid and it was barely a blip uh, on the news. Yeah. Um, so I, I think maybe at the end of the day, it's all about where we put a human is what captures, uh, you know, the imagination. And, and I guess what's going to get a kid interested is probably a fairly good indicator of what gets your average, average person excited about, about space again. Um, but it's interesting you say that, that you're, you're, you're kind of, you know, you're feeling angry now. Um, I feel like, you know, that's certainly warranted in a way, but I, I wonder if it's, if it's early, I feel like you're, you're seeing the future. Um, uh, because if, if, uh, if we do not flip the, the Senate, and it's it seems like a heavy lift for us to do that, given given how these things go. Um, Mitch McConnell is unlikely. Uh, a lot of folks are saying to let Joe Biden confirm anybody uh, into his cabinet. Uh, he will not give him any judges. Uh, there won't be any like wheeling and dealing like, well, all right, if you give us this guy, then maybe we'll confirm him. Yeah, there's nothing else he wants. He's got he's just just. Gonna yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Block, block, block. And so we're going we're to see this, um, you know, stymied uh, president who has more to fix than any other president who's ever come in to, to office, um, completely shut down by the same group who put us into this position. And even though more people um, want the Democrats in there to do some stuff. But usually when the country's in crisis, typically because the Republicans put us there, the nation turns to a Democrat to fix things. Um, and when they're starting to feel, feel wooly bully and, and, you know, a little wild, that's when they go with a Republican. Um, uh, and it never really works out. Um, so at this time we've got the Democrat in the white house, but we, we've got Mitch McConnell, um, very likely on, uh, January 20th presiding over a Senate that will be obstructionist in a way that even Obama never really saw. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the word. There's some thought that, and, and Mitch McConnell has given us no reason to think that he's um, going to go this route, but they'll pick their battles. They'll confirm some folks, you know, not others. Um, you know, we'll see. But um, it, it, as soon as there's a new vacancy on the Supreme Court in the next four years, if if Mitch McConnell's in there, there's not going to be any replacement. Uh, we we the McConnell rule, which is when I'm in power, you don't get one. Uh, when you're in power, you know, do what you want. But as long as he's in there, so so I think I think the anger, um, premature is the wrong word because I think I think it will happen. Um, but it's that I think that's what's coming, and I think a lot of people haven't really sort of sat down with that yet to see what what a federal government and that sort of dynamic is going to look like and, and it's going to be bad mm-hmm. but the vaccine which uh pfizer and moderna's are both in the mid 90s in terms of efficacy it was it when that news came out it was stunning to me i was expecting 50 uh, 60 at most percent efficacy but this thing is a covid killer if you get enough people to take it um, you can wipe it off the face of the earth 
And, uh, you know, so the, the only thing stopping it is not it's not the vaccine and COVID. It's just whether people enough dumb people are going to be like, oh, I don't want this vaccine. I don't like vaccines generally to, to keep us away from from, uh, you know, uh, herd immunity, uh, because, you know, even with vaccines, you, you can attain herd immunity if enough people are are you know made immune through a vaccine you're still protecting the smaller group that uh that doesn't i think that we can get there with the number of people who want to take it and so uh, 2021 looks completely different to me um than it did before that news so i'm feeling hopeful about that um and i think that's something that that biden can can do regardless of you know sort of republican intransigence but i'm uh, i'm you know I'm extremely concerned about that, what you're saying. And that's maybe why I'm angry because I feel like, well, we did all that work and now nothing's still going to happen because they're just going to, the Senate is just going to yeah. ruin everything. Yeah, it's, it's true. But the, the one good bright spot is that in 2022, the, the Senate map looks brutal for Republicans. So if the Democrats can um, sort of avoid that, kind of uh, backlash that always seems to happen to presidents of a certain party where the other, the out, the out party um, does really well. If we can avoid that, um, we, we might have a real, a real shot. So. Right. The, the um, thing I'm concerned with the CDC had to vote today on something, which I think is ridiculous. Um, it's obvious who they're going to give the vaccine to first, like the old people, the old folks homes and all oh, the prioritization. And, uh, yeah, the 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 healthcare workers, the doctors and nurses, right. everybody in the hospital, right? Right. But I'm also kind of like, well, let's say we, you know, we this has been fast tracked. You know, we don't know what the real long term effects <laughs> of this are. Are we gonna kill all the doctors first? <laughs> is, is that what we're doing here? I haven't seen that movie yet. I mean, that would right. be really interesting. Like, right. they, everybody who gets the vaccine. I don't want to put out vaccine. You know, oh, anti-vax stuff. Anti-vax yeah, I know. Vax stuff. But I, it's just like, I watch too many movies to be like, not be like a little bit suspicious of like, let's give it to the people that we need to stay alive the most to keep us alive. Right. Well, you know, one thing that, that I think Peggy was wondering about was because they found out that, that there are some, um, some fairly significant impacts to male uh, fertility uh, when you have COVID. And, you know, what if just supposing, what if the vaccine actually were to affect well, is it that. just that you got it and you're not going to get any because you have it no no it's it's um you're <laughs> the the boys who swim are many less in number um after you get it and for for a fairly significant period of time i don't know if it's like permanent decrease in in like you know fertility i think i don't think that's the right word for dude <laughs> every time i hear the word sperm count all i hear is <laughs> one two <laughs> three four Five. What is it? Is it like a million? Oh yeah, it's like a ridiculous number. Yeah. So like it's ridiculous. That's a job I don't want. It just uh, takes one. It just <laughs> Yeah. What being a sperm or counting them? Counting them. Counting them. Because you you succeeded at the job. Yeah, I graduated program. from at that first job, <laughs> thankfully. Not everyone does. Very few of us do. Um and that's one of the great things about all of us. Um but uh but yeah, we're oh yeah. So what what if? And well, I'll just finish my point. It was that what if that affected the vaccine affected your sterility, your 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 um you know your sperm count or whatever. And, have, su uh, and suddenly uh, we're a children of men. Children of men, yeah. Yeah, children of men world. Um, which would be awful, of course. But everybody keeps trying to push that on me. I watched it. Yeah. It's on a steady cam and whatnot, and I just eh. yeah. And I, I haven't watched it in a while. I remember really liking it, and it it. 
I remember it fondly. I, I think back on but I haven't I haven't watched it, so I couldn't say if it if it holds up the way I, I expect it would. Yeah, maybe, maybe I should give it a shot. It's always on one of the streamers. Yeah, That's it's it's. I, so you had not seen it before at all. No, I've seen it. I've seen it. I oh, okay. I, I barely remember what happens. I just remember um, British BMW guy running around with a kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was his name? The Nick. Clive Owen. Owen. Clive Owen. Yeah. Wow, Brian. You just pulled the Nick out and the Owen. No. Yeah. He was in a um, a British show called Second Sight, I believe. Yeah. And it's one where he's a cop or an investigator, as they all are on British TV. And but he is losing his sight. Oh, really? So he has to rely. It's just is to rely on certain things or on certain people. And and, and he, I haven't seen it, but I really enjoyed it. Oh, um, wait, wait, wait. You haven't seen it, but you enjoy it. No, no, no. I see. Now we're getting on. <laughs> the character <laughs> doesn't yeah. see well. I have seen it. I haven't seen it oh. in a while. Oh, you haven't seen it in a while. Okay. okay. I haven't seen it in a while. It was on DVD. My my mom, um, my uh, dead mother, uh, but when she was alive, gave me, she was like, here, watch this. So I watched them. And then there was a bunch more. So I bought a bunch more for her to watch too. And it was like five, I think maybe five discs on the BBC. And uh, it was it was really good. I enjoyed it. And um, it was a little bit of that new wave BBC where they're like, right. okay, go shoot on location and shoot on HD and everything looks a little bit, you know, a little bit better. Your mom would have loved like the ability to stream all this TV from everywhere. I would. Oh, imagine. let's okay. Let's get into my dead mom, dude. Yeah, let's do that. She would love. First of all, she died before iPhones. A year before the iPhone came out, my oh, mom, really? like, like you know, me and Apple. She, she, she wasn't an Apple nut as much as I was, but she was starting to get into using the computer, the laptop, in like all sorts of things. If she could have used an iPhone, um, and being a scientist, she was a chemist at NIH. Yeah. She, oh man, she would love it. She loved, yeah. She could talk with her friends. She could uh, look up everything, would as we all use it for. And I just I, that's something I miss is spending time with my mom, uh, updating her software, telling her everything that's new, and just her just being so excited to get. She'd probably get the new phone every year. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I think she'd love that. Would so. I missed out on that, that and her grandkids, but the well, that. Se- secondarily, <laughs> yes, the grandkids, but I mean, seriously, iPhones and, but and Netflix. Sh- she would have loved the streamers. She would have, what is it? B-Box, Beatbox, Britbox. Oh yeah. Is there, there something else called like Acorn or something that's also. There's an Acorn. I'm not so sure about that one. I, I don't think, know as much about it. Yeah. My folks, I think have that one and that's all just British british tv i think I, I may have the name wrong but i think that's what it was and I, they, they love the british crime shows and norwegian crime shows um, yeah she would, she she those and because she loved mystery on mm, uh pbs yeah yeah she loved that and she but then freaking you know the creme de la crop is uh, downton abbey that would have been oh she yeah, actually missed that dude didn't yeah she? she missed that but she, she got to watch we got to watch uh sopranos she, we got to finish sopranos oh, okay. i think we finished it i think um, but yeah, she was, she would have loved the streaming stuff. She would have loved iPhones and she would have loved the new crop of BBC stuff coming out. That was, she, she was a big fan of. Yeah. She wouldn't <laughs> have had much time for you regardless with all the, the TV to watch and stuff. So <laughs> no, she, she'd be, she would have sold everything, gone to Vegas and have a condo and just gamble <laughs> my dad's right. life investment away. <laughs> but instead I'm doing that. 
Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Uh, would, would, would your mom have been uh, the type of person who was just like always on her phone? Like uh, where, you know, what did she have that, that kind of, I don't know if it's, it's not an addictive personality, but where you're just like, you know, you want that dopamine hit and you're kind of on the phone a lot. I know my parents are like, she did that. smoke. Uh, she wasn't much of a, uh, she wasn't much, she was, she had drank casually. Uh, yeah. she, I don't think she was much of an addictive personality. Um, she liked to work out. Um, so I don't think. Okay. It would have been as much of like I have to find out what's going on, what's going, on, what's going on. In fact, I think she'd have an iPhone, but I really think she would have used an iPad more. Oh, really? Uh, and then, and then there's there's some of those people. I don't really use an iPad at all. Um, oh no! But I'm surprised but at that. I, I just I like I like uh, I think you and I've talked about this once before. If you want to get into it, it's the whole. I have a graphic interface, which is a screen, mm-hmm. and then I have a pointing device. Uh, a GUI pointing device and it's on the screen, but my hand is someplace else, not covering the screen. And then I can use it just the same as playing a video game such as uh, PlayStation with a controller. Yeah. You're not covering the screen with your fingers to hit fire or jump or run. Whereas an iPad, you're using your thumbs on the screen, covering the images, right? Really shrinking the screen, even making it smaller. And, and it's, you know, it's touch. It's not a button. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's where I start to get old school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it, no, what's up? Speaking of old school, uh, I was behind a cyclist this weekend. Yeah. It's really cold out, and she was wearing short shorts and all the stuff and the whole cycling outfit. And I was like, <laughs> you go, God, put some clothes on. <laughs> and Danielle said, All right, old man. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, you're just old manner. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure that, that, Maybe that pleased Danielle to 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 see that you you shift into that mode instead of like, uh, you know, wolf whistles and hubba hubba or whatever else. That... Oh, she didn't care. No, there's, oh, that's good. That's good. I get a sharp elbow in the ribs if anything like that were to go on. It's just yeah. how it is. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, at risk of uh, having people uh, push stop on this this podcast, never to push play again. There's a picture oh, of her. Had, this is right next to me. There's a picture of my mom with me. And what does she have in her hand, Brian? She has I'm trying to I'm I'm maximizing my screen so I can see better. Hang on. She has got she's got a little U in one hand and in the other hand it looks like what is that, a napkin? I can't tell what that is. No, it's a it's a napkin with a whiskey and a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> and she wasn't that's a bad it like she was at we were at a party. So she was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she didn't know. Not a church or anything. She yeah. did die of cancer, though. So maybe I'm completely wrong and she wasn't at it. <laughs> she hit it really well. <laughs> she hit it really well. Oh, my gosh. Uh, she was, I, I was happy that I got to meet her uh, once at least. Yeah, that's, that's right. You guys yeah. Um, but so I was going to ask, and uh, this was the thing that was going to risk people pushing, pushing stop. Um, how was your Thanksgiving? Um, how was that for you? Tell me how it was. It was not nearly as good as last year's Thanksgiving, the one where you right. and your lovely family came to stay at our house. Great. That was, that was awesome. And then we watched, uh, I got you guys into Watchmen. I was like, you guys going to watch this? All right, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we, and we, then we were like, oh, my God. Um, my Thanksgiving was small, uh, just the four of us, me, the kids, and the wife and we cooked a turkey breast which we hadn't done before usually i cook a turkey every year yeah but this year we did turkey breast and it was creepy because it just looks like a slime creature 
It doesn't oh, look weird? like an animal. It just, it's like it looks like a slug slime with skin on it. And then I, I didn't know how how fast it would cook. It cooked so fast. So really? what I usually do with my turkey is I turn the temp up high, four four twenty five. Yeah. And get the outside a little bit dry, and then yeah. I immediately drop it down to like three twenty five, three thirty five, and it slow cook. Um, and it keeps the juices inside because I brine overnight. Brine. Yeah. 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 Words. Um, and we, uh, cooked it and it was done by like freaking 1230 and nothing else oh. was ready. So like, <laughs> oh, the time it was like, we had to rush, rush, rush all of a sudden. And, and it was one of the best turkeys I ever had. It was so juicy. Just, just oh, nice. the rest. And, uh, we had a bunch of other vegetables. We had white trash, sweet potatoes, which is oh, sweet potatoes, uh, marshmallows on top. Oh, heck yeah. White dude. trash. You know, and yeah, delicious. And, um, the in-laws made some desserts and breads and they were delicious for dessert. Mm. And we watched the, um, Macy's day parade. Ah, uh, um, yes. The weird socially distanced Macy's day parade. There's yeah, no the people. thing that weirded me out the most was they didn't show the people or whatever was moving the balloons. It was like just the wires and up. It didn't show the people at the, moving the balloons. Oh, if there were people. I don't, I don't know what they did. I think I saw them a couple times. It was just, it was just sort of like, uh, yeah, but they didn't really feature them the way they used to. But yeah, they're just a bunch of masked Not people in anybody. similar outfits. You didn't see anybody. Didn't see anybody? I th- I'm pretty sure I did. I thought it was. A, yeah, I watched the NBC one. Yeah, Macy's Day Parade. I didn't see anybody. Okay, you were you were glued to it. Okay, okay, fair. And I, and I thought it was a good, you know good show for what it is. Uh, yeah. And then we watched a little bit of the dog show, and then we ate. Oh, okay. Yeah, we watched the dog show too, and uh, I saw that Akeeshan finally made it, or uh, to say it more properly, uh, a K sound, uh, made it into the actual show. Usually, they, I guess, they think they're a trash dog and they never make <laughs> it in, but this time one of them snuck in and was actually in contention. So that that was fun. My family has has uh, owned them for a number of years, so we we like that kind of dog. So it was nice to see that in there. Um, but yeah, it was a nice day. Um, we. Uh, we just had we kind of did the same thing very you know just the the three of us and then Peggy's folks came over to eat and um, we um, had had Thanksgiving and it was fine we played cards after um, Beatrice went to bed um, I did have a um, one of my first cooking uh, injuries um, really well yeah so um, uh, Peggy said you know Peggy was kind of intent on you know doing the prep and, and cooking and everything but she you know she she had me come up and start peeling potatoes and so i got my usual potato peeler started peeling the potatoes everything was fine and she and she saw there's these little the little potatoes not like the big idaho potatoes but like little ones and so i'm doing like that and then peggy's like you know what's really faster is this kind of potato peeler and it's one of those those y-shaped ones where it's a handle it goes into a y-shape and then there's a blade you know across and mm-hmm. I'm like, and, and it, I don't use that kind of potato peeler. It made me nervous to look at, but I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try it. So I get my little tiny potato, mm-hmm. start start hacking away ten times, and then suddenly I peel part of my pinky finger. Yeah, it was uh, probably ten ten swipes in. And if was, you're gonna peel a finger, yeah, peel the pinky. Yeah, no, exactly. Pinky. It, it's 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 the trash finger. Now, who cares what happens to your pinky? <laughs> It's on my left oh. hand, which, which is my non-dominant. But man, did it hurt! I I've I can't remember the last time I've been hurt so bad that that tears actually sprang to my eyes. Oh. Um, they didn't fall. I wasn't just entirely pathetic. 
but but my eyes did moisten at at the pain that I felt and Ooh, so there was a little flap of skin that was still attached, and I had to like smooth it back over. Oh yeah, the, the wound, right? And it's like that'll probably help, right? And I'm just <laughs> trying to strap it in. The only good thing was is that Peggy said, um, "Okay, you're off kitchen duty. You just go watch the parade and relax." I'm like, I can do that. I'm excellent at that. So um, I got I got out of any additional uh, food prep. So, but I still have it. It's like. Um, it's finally started to normalize instead of just looking like a raw piece of meat, the tip of my mm-hmm. finger. It just looks like it like it looks like a boo-boo now, um, which is good, but it's it's still it's still less than comfortable. Um, but the the food was great. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> you know, uh, the company was was nice and um, and it was a nice week off. It was it was it was good to get those that, that, that time away. Um, and now, you know. You know we're back at it because we're podcasting. The work week is starting. Everyone's trying to get the last little bit of work in before the Christmas starts. Oh, jeez, uh, Christmas gonna buy gifts. Uh, I know gifts, the whole thing, uh, COVID gifts. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to do last minute shopping out in the world if if it's uh, you know so curtailed by COVID. So it's like I know we're very dependent on Amazon uh, this year more so than in other years. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's. That was Thanksgiving. I, I guess I guess we're we're trending to to long wise for this podcast at this rate. So we should uh, we should probably move into a topic or or, or something. What do you think? Uh, sure, why not? Okay, um, let's get into. Um, I don't know if this will or, or not, but uh, what I hope to be a, a a cornerstone of this podcast. I'm not sure that's the right word. Um, uh, no. Uh, We'll save that as dessert. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Okay. As as uh, as our many of our listeners will probably uh, remember, uh, you have been recommending this show to in me the rec room in the rec room for quite some time. I've like, yeah, yeah, I'll get it, I'll get to it, whatever. Um, <laughs> and so I got iPhone 12. They said, here's a year of Apple Plus TV for free. Um, I set it up. It was actually pretty easy. Um, it's like, you, you know, you follow the link in the email, it starts talking to the, you know, your, uh, you know, what was it? The, the, the fire stick or whatever, you know, you download the app, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, boom, you got it. And I was in and there was Ted Lasso. I, uh, so we started watching it and I have to tell you, the show is great. Yeah. The show is, uh, uh, your recommendation. I am responsible for that show being great. Yes, you are. Um, you all, all of the work that you've done uh, with Apple, uh, hand in hand with uh, Jason Sudeikis, <laughs> it's very much appreciated. Um, but yeah, it, the only thing that the sort of annoys me about it is that it's hard for me, and I, as it was hard for you, to recommend this to people because it's like, oh, I don't have Apple Apple Plus TV, and that's kind of like the end of the conversation because it's like it's one thing to say you should watch this show it's another thing it's like you should spend money on in addition to everything else that you're spending money on to watch this one show and and i i know there's more on apple tv but um say so I, I you know i and i know it's something necessary that apple has to do to try and grow their their streaming service but it is sort of frustrating cuz you don't, you want everyone to see it and it's not super easy to to check out it's not like it's on Netflix, for instance, which is something everybody has, you know. Um, but it's uh, it's great. So now that we're able to talk about it, do you want to just like uh, briefly do a plot description of what the show is about? 
the didn't I already? But uh, the show's about uh, a football coach, an American like B-list football coach who uh, uh, recently won something. Um, yeah, I think I think he did. Yeah, he, he like, just won something, and he's married champion. and he has a kid. And uh, he goes to he gets called and gets a job in, to coach uh, in England a soccer team or a football team. <laughs> yes, as they football. call football. And um, he takes his uh, his uh, left hand man with him and leaves his family behind um, and gets there and meets the team and. They're not like a bad team. It's not like a bunch of like mischiefs. It's not. It's like it's vaguely sets it up like like uh, what's that movie? Uh, Major League. Um, okay. Yeah. The baseball mm-hmm. movie where the the woman wants the team to fail because then they can sell them or something. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen Major League, but that um, sounds familiar. Yeah. But uh, they start winning. Well, it's, it, there's a little bit of that in there, but then they go a completely different direction, and it just has full of heart. And Jason Sudeikis brings his character um ted lasso um up to a par that is not met a lot of day a lot a lot not met in a lot of characters in today's tv Mm -hmm. um he has heart he has soul he has he's modest about his ignorance and he he knows how he feels with all of his life lessons not that he's that very old he's in his 40s um about you know, coaching a team, the sports aspect, they're dating the girls aspect, the getting old, too old for the league aspect, the mm-hmm. owner of the team being unsure of themselves. Um, just, just about every aspect of a, his, uh, is there to complement every other character in the show. Um, and it's, it's been quite a pleasure to watch. Uh, there's the soccer players, there's the girlfriends of the soccer players. There's, um, uh, is his name Ben? The, the the guy the kid who's who they uh he's like the field he takes care of the field oh right yeah i i nate 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 the great nate the great uh they uh they bring in that guy who's like he's been around for a while he knows everything about soccer but like right. he's just the guy who takes care of the field and then they start using him more right. um and the the character actors that they got to play this, you know, they're not A list, not B list. Like, who are these people? Right, yeah, completely um, unknowns for me, anyway. And they bring some performances which are a little stereotypical, but then all of a sudden they, it's like, okay, let's get a fourth take, guys, where you're just being yourself, let it go, and everything, and that's the best take. It, they're they're not like worried about the script. It's like what's in the moment, probably doing a little improv, but following the plot line. Mm. It's just they. You can feel the fun. You can feel that they have something special, and it just completely comes through. It has heart, and you feel good about the end of every episode. Just about, I guess, the last episode. We're not sure. I don't. I, God, I feel yeah, like I have to watch I, it again. It's been a while. Even yeah, even the last episode is because um, um, of how that ends. It ends. Uh, it ends well, I think, um, as I recall. Um, I'm mostly, I, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but I, mostly what I remember is, is, is sort of a positive thing. Um, but yeah, that's so true. It's, it's, it's it, the. I would say if if there was one word just to to describe Ted Lasso, it's like yeah, heart. Um, but you know, if I were hearing this, I'd be like, oh, okay, I don't want to watch a Mr. Rogers show. And it's not like that at all. It's um, it's it's genuinely funny. Um, a lot. It it's surprising in, in a kind of very um, organic, natural way. Mm-hmm. where um it they're not surprises like oh what a twist 
there's surprises in, in the way that people surprise you sometimes where um, they're not exactly who you had pegged them to be because, you know, you get, as it happens with people, you get to know them better and you realize that, you know, people are, are many, many people in one. And so you, you get to see this, like this evolution um, and sometimes they're growing and sometimes you're just seeing, seeing more and, and it's always, and in the show, it's always worthwhile uh, to 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 learn more about these characters. I mean, you know, uh, I, I think there's only one one fairly nasty guy in the bunch, and um, and I'm, I'm thinking of the uh, the original owner, to whom mm-hmm. the the um, the current owner was married, and then they got a divorce, and I guess he lost the team in in that divorce, and that's that's really what sort of um, motivates. Yeah, she uh, took it, and she wants to. Uh, uh, ruin it so he yes so he's super depressed he loved the team more than he loved her and that's he's trying right. to destroy that she's trying right. to hurt him with that which is the similar thing to major league in a way yeah um uh and she and and that's uh, so it just has uh one thing after finishing watching i was like i will be shocked if season two is anywhere nearly near as good as this it's like it felt like kind of a lightning in a bottle type thing yeah um and, and i hope it's not i, I hope that they've they've got they've got it sort of mapped out um, where they can go from this, but um, it, it's, it's like, they've got a great cast. Like uh, I was um, Jason Sudeikis is kind of like the, for me, the, the best known uh, person on the show and um, um, seeing, seeing the commercials for it, he seemed like, Oh, okay. He's kind of like a one note, kind of like a good hearted yokel who comes to the, you know, to the, the big city across the a pond or whatever. And you're like, okay, I kind of know what this is. It's like, no, you really don't. It's, it's uh, learning about Ted Lasso is as interesting as learning about any of the other characters. And the cast is so good. Um, uh, particularly the lady who plays the owner, uh, Hannah Weddingham. Uh, she plays Rebecca Welton. I bet on um, it's going to get on uh, Grammys <laughs> for singing. It's going to get the the Emmy nods for ensemble cast. Oh yeah, that would be that would be great. I would I would love it to get some yeah. attention so people you know start drifting over there to, to check it out. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it has three. It's been approved for the third season. Even it got approved for the second season like within a day or two after it was released. Yeah. And then like a month month in, like here's a third season because they, I think they sold them on the scripts. Like here we go. Okay. It's a hit. It's a sleeper hit too. Yeah. And it's word of mouth and it took forever to get you to watch it. But yeah, um, I think I think I, I know which I agree with you. You never know. It's like uh, Ricky Gervais usually cuts off something because he knows that nothing can last forever. Right. Two to three seasons, maybe and maybe a special. We'll see. So they got their three seasons. So hopefully there's an arc there. Yeah, um, that, that would be great. If, if it could turn into three great seasons of TV and then end, I, I think that would be that would be great. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't want it to. Um, you know, go on longer than it needs to. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's lot, just, it's, yeah. A lot of people, uh, I, I recommend it to a lot of people and I keep wanting to work in, and I think I can only work this in on the podcast is if you want to describe the show, like, the best way to describe it is to talk about something that happens in the show. And in the show, Ted Lasso shows up and meets the owner of the team, the the woman, this beautiful six foot tall Amazonian blonde woman. She's, she's the, um, she played. She's best known for playing uh, the shame woman in Game of Thrones, the woman who's covered head to toe in gray, I believe, and just mm-hmm. kept walking Cersei in the streets. Yeah, and, that, sh- that shocked me. Her. 
that shocked me when you told me that that's who she was. Uh, and I told Peggy and she was also similarly shocked. So that was, that was a fun, a fun thing to, to, to be able to tell her. It's like, that's yeah, who that is. Seeing her, like she was beautiful. And then you got to see her body, even though it was in this gray thing. You're like, oh, she's stacked. <laughs> and then you look her up. She's a freaking beautiful Amazonian total woman. And yeah. She's having this late career. She's probably, I think she's 50 or 48 yeah. or something like that. And she's having this late career burgeoning. And it's fantastic because uh, that supposedly doesn't happen to a lot of female actresses. So I think it's oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, but so Ted Lasso shows up at his job. He goes into her office and he goes in there and he has a little box of, is it biscuits or cookies? Oh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Cookies, I think. I mean, I think he calls them biscuits because he's in England, but they're they're cookies, yeah. I believe. And he, they're cookies. Yeah. And, and he leaves them there, and he, he's a nonchalant about it, and he gives them to her. And then there, she she like opens it up when he's gone. Like She's like, oh, this is stupid. I'm going to throw it out. But she actually tries it, and it's like delicious. It reminds her of her childhood. Right. And then every episode, it makes a makes a kind of like an appearance. Like he brings her the cookies still. He brings her, he brings her these cookies in this little box, and then mm. – you hear a little bit about how it's made. Like maybe I made it myself. Maybe I pick them at a store and she needs to find out where the hell he's getting these cookies from. Right. And, right. And I think that is what the show is in a, in a, in a cookie box in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, it's this thing that you get this treat and you like it and you want to know more about it, but you're never going to find out and you're just enjoying it. And it's, it's, you know, it makes you happy. Right. And, and it would have been the easiest. Yeah. It would, it would have been the easiest thing for the writers to just be like, OK, yeah, he, he, he brings her something nice and she just tosses it out because she's a hard, you know, she's a hard, fr- you know, cold, frigid lady. And that's that's that. But they're just like, no, they're, let's 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 do something with that. And, and it's just it just so happens that she loves them. She's dependent on them. And it and it and it's such a great excuse for um, him to come in and see her every day so they can have that sort of, you know, that talk and have that you know, dramatic, uh, uh, frizzen, you know, where, where, um, you know, she wants him to go because he, he is, uh, to start with, um, just, uh, an agent, uh, something that will, a means to an end for her. She, she thinks that he's going to be bad at this. Um, but at the, on the other hand, it's like, she also needs him there because he has this amazing, cookie and, and then you find out what the origin is of it and you're just like oh it's so great uh, there's another scene uh, you talk about things that happen in the show um where uh nate nate who's like the 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 uh, equipment manager basically mm-hmm. and um the new coach comes on the field uh you know uh, jason sudeikis and and coach beard um uh, who uh was also really good brendan brendan hunt uh, played him um and they talk to this guy and he's like, why are you talking to me? And they just sort of you slowly see him uh, sort of blossom in a way, uh, reach some potential. And all because Ted Lasso uh, believed in, in him and listened to him and treated him as a real person, whereas nobody on the team, uh, particularly the, the previous coach, had ever thought to do that, had ever thought to, um, you know, look at the potential of of the people whether they're outside the team or on the team as as a resource to further the team's aims like the, it just such small-minded people then you get ted lasso in there and so so watching that um you know actually he said you know hey if i if i had an idea you know do you have any ideas about what we could do you know he's like oh yeah i have a, a certain idea and and he gives it to him and he's like okay yeah we'll run with that and they start practicing it 
mm-hmm. and then and then later in the game it actually works and they just point to him and and he gives him credit you know Ted Lasso doesn't take credit for this great play he gives it to the person who who um who actually deserved it and you know uh, people might think like oh well that's you know he's not playing hardball you know you you've got to you know take what you can get to to stay in a position like that like you know a soccer coach or a football coach and it's like no because he realizes that his success depends on everybody else and everybody else are only going to be successful if they can trust him um and 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 it, it it's like it, it almost sounds corny talking about it but they just make it work really well and you just start rooting for everybody um and uh yeah it's it's um it's 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 really great and and so worth a watch i think good i'm glad i'm glad you enjoyed it i i yeah i feel like um rec room has served us well and you finally watched something and instead of saying how much you don't enjoy something that you were watching in Rec Room. <laughs> I re-listened to a podcast we did, and I I, I felt like I, I harped on you a little too much, but I think it was hilarious how you like you weren't you aren't really recommending this show that you're recommending <laughs> Rec Room, Brian. So I'm glad I'm glad it paid off, and and I, I can't wait to um, rewatch them. You know, I don't oh, I don't think yeah. they'll be like Cheers. You, you know, like you've never seen them before, and they're great. Right. But uh, I think that there's the the good heart there, and watching them. You know, when my kids are older, rewatching them with them is gonna be fun. Oh yeah, because uh, I was thinking about that. We're, you know, by this age, I was watching sitcoms with my parents. You know, they used to all the Jeffersons and Good mm-hmm. Times, and, um, all the Norman Lear stuff, and then um, whatever the current stuff, um, you know, Facts of Life and all those things that we remember so deeply. Yeah. My kids are still watching cartoons and Pokemon and, and whatnot and not enjoying it, um, any good sitcom. So there's not too many, hey, let's all, let's let everybody from the five year old to the 45 year old watch something together mm-hmm. and right now it's just mostly like fantasy and movies and stuff like that and then everyone's probably like maybe that's so what did i decide to let them watch is yeah. um uh the hobbit yes um i thought i would start sequentially with mm-hmm. the hobbit before lord of the rings yeah and uh this came from my son alex listening to uh a staged reading or production of lots of actors doing the hobbit the book and from bbc like a couple of decades uh, ago okay yeah. it's not it's not great the the recording but he got into it yeah and then i was like and then he finished it finally he actually listened to, he used to listen a little bit at a time but now he actually he listened the whole thing through and he kind of knew the story so i was like hey let's watch the movie the hobbit so we watched the movie the hobbit and then my youngest son was like hey what is this and he started to get into it too so we kind of started over watched the hobbit again and then we're moved on to two and three um the the Des- desolation of smog and the five armies yeah so we re- recently rewatched them um and you said you wanted to ask me how did they hold up um, yeah how they yeah uh, i was i was curious i i will tell you that I believe uh, they hold up ridiculously well. They're newer than the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And they had all those Lord of the Rings experiences to make those movies. And it and it and uh, we happened to watch about 15 minutes of Lord of the Rings Fellowship uh, mm-hmm. around Thanksgiving to be like, okay, well, you guys need to see the next story. And wow, it looks like watching something that was made years and years before. Like, really? Clothes don't look as good. The makeup doesn't look as good. The sound effect, like everything seems like, oh, like not as good as The <laughs> Hobbit. Like they, they right. killed The Hobbit. 
yeah. it, it holds up ridiculously well. I'm really surprised at how well it holds up. Uh, now, you, I think you have to be a fan of the genre and fan of the books and whatnot to spend yeah. three and a half hours per movie to watch yeah. them. Right. Yeah. And I would say my favorite one is the second movie, uh, Desolation of Smaug. Yeah. It, it feels like it's got the Empire Godfather 2 feel to it of like the second one is really, really, really good. Like the script is good. Yeah. The, the beats are good. The action is good. Um, the, just the effects are amazing. Um, the, there's a there's a scene in, I believe it's the second one. Um, is it, that's the thing. I, we watched them all in a row. Uh, there's a barrel scene where they are captured by the elves, the wood elves, and to escape uh, Frodo, uh, Bilbo, sorry, puts <laughs> them in uh, barrels and they go down uh, uh, the stream or the river that's going through Lothlorien. And they get attacked by orcs at the same time. So the orcs are on the sides of the river and oh, the, yeah, I remember that. the barrels and just this scene of all this clever stuff they do with the barrels. And it's just seamless of like, yeah. is this green screen? Is this and that? I just, I just give up. I don't care. I'm enjoying oh, really? every living moment of it. And it just looks so real. There's a little bit of feel of this is artificial fantasy to it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all so consistent. It's, it's, you know, you, you, you believe it. Oh, and I believe it. Um, and it holds up. The music is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Gandalf. Gandalf's performance is probably the best in the movie. Mm. Uh, um, something I thought was fascinating that I don't know if they're going to change or not. It gets into a Star Wars situation. Yeah. Is in the beginning of the Fellowship of the Ring, they used um, Ian Holm as Bilbo finding yeah. the ring. Yeah. And then they went and they shot the whole movie. And then they have... Um, Come on, Brian. Oh, uh, uh, Martin Martin Freeman. Martin Martin Freeman. Uh, as Bilbo, they haven't replaced it, and I don't know if they will or yeah. whatnot, because they love Ian Holm so much. Oh, sure. In the past, but I think he'd be more than happy with replacing him in that shot, because I think it was face replacement. I think they put his face on a younger person's body, younger Bilbo's body. It uh, felt like that watching Fellowship. Yeah. Um, and it also. Gollum isn't the same, you know. They that was the first yeah. time they made Gollum, and then when I right, um, he's just in the shadows, so that you don't have to change that. But I think that they should put Martin Freeman in that scene to, to do the consistency because mm-hmm. we're gonna watching them in order. Story wise, feels right, but I think that the effects wise and the costume wise and the, just there's something about the quality of the the cameras or the HD or just the finishing product is just not as good as the Hobbit series. Yeah. And, I mean, it is newer and everything, and they finally probably perfected making the stuff. I mean, it was basically 15 years straight of making these movies. Um, oh, yeah, basically, yeah. And, I mean, could, uh, could, could, some, could some of the way that looked better, or could that have been um, the 60 frames per second that, that Peter Jackson shot it in? Definitely more information. Uh, yeah. That, that could be true, but you, we're watching it back at 24. Um, and... I never saw it in 60 or some, some, some of our friends did and they weren't, yeah. they were, it's yeah, the, I, I saw it, it. I saw it in 60 when it came out. You did. Yeah. How was that? Uh, it, it, it was weird. You know, it just, it looked like, um, you know, the, uh, the setting on TVs that the directors want you to change, you know, the, the smoothing, whatever, Probably. or the motion. Yeah. yeah. It looked like that had been turned on. And so you had motion smoothing so that everything looked like video. Um, they call it motion smoothing, but what they're doing is interpolating frames. If you have 30 frames per second, it's going to take two frames and draw the frame in between 
and it just looks smoother instead of yeah. like the persistence of vision. The the of frames going by goes and then it looks smoother when you play it at once, and it's awful. Yeah, it's it's really bad. Um, and and I would say that um, the Hobbit in 60 frames per second didn't look like that bad. I've you know because that can look really bad. Like for instance, I saw the latest Transformers movie um on a TV at a hotel that had motion smoothing hadn't been turned off. And it was crazy. It just looked like like uh, the effects house had sent over um, some very, very unfinished effects and said, hey, check these out. Uh, and it's just like you're watching those in a finished movie and you're like, what is happening? Um, and it didn't it didn't look like that at all. And in, in the Peter Jackson's, you know, Hobbit films. Um, but uh, but I, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I definitely want to check them out again, because I, I remember um, liking the first one. OK. And then feeling like the second and third uh, kind of got progressively uh, worse in that over-reliance on CG and um, and and just sort of like the the beats weren't there because they had to essentially, whereas with Lord of the Rings, they had to winnow down to get the movie in there. With Hobbit, they had to really um, add a bunch of stuff to fill out a very, you know, essentially a novella and to, to, to warrant three films, three long, you know, Lord of the Rings length films. And you could sort of see, um, the labor of that effort uh, on the screen. Um, and by the end of, uh, battle of five armies, when Thorne Oakenshield is probably spending 30 to 40 minutes felt like, um, you know, finishing off a bad guy. Um, you're just like, uh, I mean, I, I remember being ready to, to get yeah, out of there. Like, I know exactly what up. you're talking about. Um, yeah. I, I remember them saying that the battle of the five armies, <clears throat> which is not really in the books, uh, that they just like making shit up the day of spending millions of dollars a shot, trying to figure things out and they'll fix it in post and figure it all oh. out in post. Um, oh, really? watching it this time through with my kids and feeling a little less of a anal- analyst eye. It was a fun ass ride. I really, really enjoyed it. And this is the uh, special edition, the extended editions they call them. Oh, really? So they're all like three hours, forty minutes each. Oh man. I uh, say, so, yeah, I haven't seen those. That would be interesting to check out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I recommend if you haven't been to Hobbiton in a while or the Middle Earth, that uh, it's a good ride. Now I, I would give. I'll follow up later when we do finally get to probably over the Christmas break. We'll do Fellowship and the three. Rings movies and oh yeah um, that'll be fun see how they compare visually unfortunately it's going to be a little time but I, I already like I said in the first 15 minutes you already feel like like it it doesn't feel as polished yeah is that is it could that be because you're watching them on VHS mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that was for me I I just uh, just the idea of you popping in a VHS in the year 2020 to show a movie to your kids that just makes me laugh. I have a VCR in my garage, and I have Dude. some tapes in a like a box someplace. But yeah, I don't know. Who knows if they still play? Jeez. Oh, I know, right? Yeah, I've got the same. I've got I've got a VCR in a box up in my closet, and I've got uh, I've got some old home movies. But I, I mean, who's gonna? Do I even have the coaxials? I don't even know if my TV has a setup that can actually. Do I even have the coaxials? Oh damn it! <laughs> another good title. <laughs> I still like. She gonna die, but I'm gonna watch anyway. <laughs> yeah, we, we that's the unrated or the uh, the rated version, the PG rated version. 
I, th- I think if we go for it, we'll, we'll or do Or no, you could do the, the coaxials one. <laughs> yeah, I'll do the coaxials. Parenthetical. Is she going down? I'm going to watch it anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so Rec Room is uh, Ted Lasso and now the Hobbit movies. Check those out if you haven't. Um, and put your thoughts in the comments. We, we, we tend to jump on those within four to five days. So um, definitely leave those. Um, I guess keeping with, well, I guess it's not keeping with movies because I, I switch over to uh, uh, briefly the crown. Um, uh, Peggy and I have uh, been watching the crown since it started. And this will be brief because, uh, well, actually, I, I think no, this it, day, people, I, everybody else is watching it. I just like, I don't care about these Brits. Oh, yeah. My parents are the same way. I told them, you know, I asked, are you guys watching The Crown? And they just kind of made this face like, no. Like, like essentially, uh, the, the, the tone they had was like, um, we don't read the tabloids, but you can do whatever you want. It's like, it's, it's like, it's not like that, but I get it because it is very, it is the people who, did read the tabloids, particularly during the Diana years, and were just like, and and are to this day set on anything royal. They're you know they they get dressed up for the weddings and stuff like that. This show is probably manna from heaven for them. Uh, but for me, I I just enjoy it on its own terms um, as as a very glossy uh, instance of prestige TV. But um, we did finish. There are four seasons. We finished season four, um, and I guess you we would probably call this uh the first of probably two diana seasons um that's what i was wondering is it just gonna be one season that's what i've heard is like it's her story it's like well i know how it ends so it's right exactly and and i think this 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 season covers the marriage like her um it, it doesn't fully get out of their their uh the time that she's in the Royal family as, as the wife of uh, Prince Charles. But, um, you know, you, you see, you see the end of that part of her life in, in, uh, in focus. Um, it is, it is a, it is a great show. Um, it, it starts, it, the, the whole show takes place is meant to take place over the entirety, the, 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 the full length of, of, uh, Queen Elizabeth's reign starting in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the, the the meat of it is is of course like you know her family you know the um, her her sister and her children and her husband and blah blah blah, but also it's it, what what's fascinating to me uh, are these great moments of uh, British history that are sort of um, uh, delved into and uh, often I, I would imagine most Brits are like oh great they're going to do this this is cool and and but for me it, it's it's um, it's stuff that that I had never heard of, you know, there's a sort of a, a man-made eco disaster that happens. There's actually two of them in the show. There's, there's mm-hmm. one where, where a smog settles over London that smog, the desolation. Yeah. The desolation of smog happens in London. Uh, <laughs> and the dragon is everywhere. No, it's actually a smog, a smog, um, that, that descends. And it is like pitch black in the middle of the day. Everyone has their lights on. Um, the doctors are saying like it is killing people. Um, and I forget what had caused it, but that there, there was, um, actually Winston Churchill was, was prime minister again. He's, he's made prime minister, um, after his, his heyday at the end of world war two, he's made prime minister again, like, you know, some, some years later at the end of his life. And he's actually presiding over this. So there's one eco disaster. They really delve into the politics and of that. And then there's another one, 
um, many years later when um, I guess some kind of uh, mining operation has a collapse and, and this sort of like mining slurry piles down this, uh, this mountain in Wales, I think it is, and, and piles into I remember school. that. Yeah, I it kills a bunch that. of kids. Um, so they talk. They talk about that. They go and, there, don't they? Don't they show up? The 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 family showed up. Yeah, the queen shows up for that. Yeah. And 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 the whole thing is, you know, am I too remote? Am I am I not emotional enough? Can I even show emotion if I want to? And and it's like the the part of that is that episode is is sort of delving. So it's like it's that perfect blend of the personal and then sort of the epic in scope. And it's just it's just so effective. They've 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 got it down to a science over there at at the Crown, um, and uh, and in this most recent season, uh, the 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 Prime Minister is Margaret Thatcher, and uh, played by Gillian Anderson of uh, X Files fame. Uh, she famously played Scully um, on there, and she plays uh, Margaret Thatcher, and and I would put her. Um, Right up there with uh, with Meryl Streep's depiction of of, uh, of Margaret Thatcher there, just in terms of um, verisimilitude, I'd say, um, but also consistency. Um, and and you do get a, a feel for I don't know what an odd lady she was in in, in some ways, but you know the, the, what the show was always trying to do is you know get at the humanity of these people who are kind of larger than life. Um, so it's just like every episode is is great in its own way. Um, I love the, the, the way that they, they hew so closely to how it was like recreating, um, what they were wearing. Um, I mean, for a nerd like me who just like loves pen and paper and desks, desk stuff, I I don't know Mm -hmm. if there are many people, but it's like desk porn. Like every episode has got massive desks, um, (laughs) amazing fountain pens, um, you know, reams of paper with, with, uh, with, you know, uh, what, what's the word letterhead? Ah, it's, it's just like, Oh, this is so, and it's so beautifully shot. Um, so we had, um, gotten partway through season three and, and we just like, we just kind of let it lie for a long time. And, um, I guess neither of us were super amped to get back into it. And then we're like, Oh, you know, we need to finish the crown. So we got back in and, and it was good. It was good. And then we, we were primed for season four, which had just come out. And so we just, we just burned through that. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's film quality, uh, TV, uh, in my view. And also the, the talk about a great theme and opening credit sequence. Um, it's Hans Zimmer, uh, did, did the, the theme song. Um, and, and it's sort of what's depicted during this theme is what looks like the molding of the, the, the queen's crown by what I can only imagine is the hand of God. And it's such a perfect dis- it's such a perfect distillation of the show because um, Peter Morgan, who is the showrunner, and is also I found out um, uh, the husband or partner of Gillian Anderson, um, is, is such a royalist. You 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 feel this um, reverence for the monarchy, even though he's sort of plumbing the depths and kind of getting a little you know uh, getting into that kind of the grubby stuff. You can tell that at, at at its heart, he just he loves he loves the royal family, he loves the monarchy, he loves the institution, and uh, and you kind of need it for this kind of show. Uh, and one of the big questions about the crown is 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 the royal family actually watching? And uh, 
the royal family will will tell you to their blue in the face like no we wouldn't watch anything like that we're you know we're not interested but apparently uh harry uh the recently i guess he he quit his job as prince i recently i'm not sure um he he signed a, a deal with netflix and um apparently through the grapevine uh he told them that yeah the family is glued to the crown they are all watching it i mean and how could you not i mean it's a if there was a show multi-season show about your family how do you not watch that? And it honestly? makes them look good, right? Uh, it, it, yeah, primarily it does. There are times where you're like, oh, that was kind of, you know, that was kind of bad of her to do that. Or, oh, you know, like Charles, for instance, is interesting because um, in the previous season and uh, he looked he looked really good. You're like, oh, man, he's he's really he's really treated poorly by his family. They just don't appreciate him. But in this season, when when it's it's Diana and uh, he's in love with Camilla Parker Bowles and has been from from the get go. Um, and the family pushes him to marry Diana. And 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 there's not a day that goes by that he doesn't he's not talking to Camilla Parker Bowles the whole time. He seems like such a heel. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, that is that is very sort of a, a low thing to do. And he does it, you know, um, so. It, it sort of depends on where you catch him, but even through Charles being a heel, you still understand, uh, you understand why he's, he's like that. Um, and the show show takes great pains to, to depict that. And, and almost like Ted Lasso, uh, weirdly enough, um, to try and round out these characters and, and show that they're not all this and they're not all that they're, they're, you know, a varied, um, personalities with many facets. So, um, uh, but yeah, so so Harry said they're they're glued to it, and and one of the, and and just as some inside gossip was what I read, and I don't know if this is true or not, but that uh, recently when he and Meghan Markle, his wife, signed on with Netflix, um, part of the deal was that Netflix would end the Crown before they got to to Harry and Meghan's like story, because they didn't want to see that depicted in a season of the Crown, and I'm just like, eh, uh, I'm not sure I buy that, but. Um, but that that's that's something that's that's in the ether as 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 being discussed. But I would think that um, one of the things they get from him potentially is, you know, information they can use in the show. You know, because the, I I think the show does pride itself on having um, some sources that um, mm-hmm. that no one else has. I mean, they are they are essentially essentially breaking news with the show sometimes about this happened to the royal family or that happened to the royal family. And, and in a couple instances in this season, um, there were a couple moments that no one had, had ever heard about. And uh, the show essentially kind of quasi-confirmed in a way. But, but, it, but they, they, they are also um, keen to say that it is fiction. It is a, it is a dramatization of, of uh, real events. But... It is not. It is not a. Uh, it is not meant to be nonfiction, even though it it it, it definitely has that feel. Um, but yeah, big recommend on on the Crown if you haven't haven't checked it out. Um, I, I think even if 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 you find the royal family silly, as I think in a lot of ways they are, and this show does not um, does not truck with that view. But I, even for for those folks like my folks, um, I th- I think it's worthwhile, and you you sort of accept the monarchy as it is and, and the warts and all approach will sort of disarm you in that way. And, and it'll be, um, rewarding to, to watch just for, 
um, the performances and the things that people like about TV are all in spades here. So, uh, people should check it out. Okay. Yes. The crown. The crown. Da, na, 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 na. <laughs> oh dear. Oh wow. I made it. COVID you're, cough. You're going to have to do that each time. Now. Uh, you always know the, the perfect place to segue into the word of the week. Uh, and for that, I thank you, Peter. Um, this is the word of the week. This is the segment where I will say a fun vocabulary word. Um, my cohort, Peter, the one you all know and love, <clears> will, <throat> will attempt to spell and define it. And then I will bring the hammer of truth down on the entire enterprise and say what the actual spelling and uh, definition is. Um, it was funny. Uh, I was listening to our last podcast from October and, uh, the word of the week then was uh, pusillanimous and I had already forgotten what it meant. I was just like, <laughs> Oh, Oh, what's this, what's this word mean? <laughs> uh, so we'll see if the, the, I, I feel like I have a better grasp on this word than pusillanimous, which by the way means cowardly. <laughs> uh, as uh, and and even in that broadcast i or the, the that episode I, I i said what i thought it meant and as soon as i heard it again i was like my original <laughs> idea of what the definition is like oh does it mean that and i'm like no it doesn't um uh, so th- this this is a a slight twofer uh, uh and i'll explain what that means as we get there but um this this week uh peter are you ready for the word Yes, hurry up. Give me the word. Okay, the word is ossify. Ossify? Ossify. I will sip of water while you think, as I am wont to do. <sighs> much better, much better. Doing some Foley work for you. Yeah, thank you. And to ossify that Foley work. Oh, he knows. No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't know. <laughs> Ossify. <laughs> I mean, when you hear it, you're thinking of awesome. So awe. You're, yeah, in, you're awe. in awe of something. So ossify. A W S I F Y. A W S I F Y. You say? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, it's not that. Okay. That's and it cool. means to uh, to make something great. Like you are, you're talking. You're making something awesome. <laughs> you ossify it. Are you saying this word means MAGA? Is that what you're doing? Uh, that's... Oh, God, no. <laughs> Just uh, like uh, America. You got to ossify it. You got to lift it above where it is and make it even greater. That's okay. That's that, that, that is um, a legit attempt at defining this word. And I appreciate you for that. <laughs> that's that's uh, what I tell my dead mother. Mom, I was in a, a legit attempt at creating a person to live a life. And thank you. Yeah. You ossified your... me. Yeah, you'll be a, you'll that'll be on your tombstone like legitimate attempt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here lies Peter Fedak, legitimate <laughs> attempt. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so the word ossify, um, and let me make sure I'm saying it right because that's part of my part too. Yeah, it is. Um, it has two definitions, but one is oh uh, come on two. Well, one is to change into bone. Which is very, it's very literal definition. Um, but the one that uh, I think is sort of more in common usage is uh, to become hardened or conventional and opposed to change. I ossify every morning. 
That's great. I am glad to hear that. So let me say where I heard this, uh, or yeah, um, it was actually in relationship to, um, the house of representatives, uh, following the, the, uh, the recent election, actually the democratic majority in the house. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't do that. Did I? Thank you. Um, the spell it is O S S I F Y. Osify. Yes. And, and you actually got, I would have put, uh, two F's in there. So you got the, the one F part of it, uh, uh, correct, which I thought was a little, a little tricky. So yeah, O S S I F Y. Um, but yeah, so the, so the house of representatives, um, actually lost a number of, 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 uh, members in the democratic, uh, caucus. And, um, and you're seeing, uh, sort of a migration of talent from the house into, um, jobs in the white house or jobs in the federal government or whatever, but they're not staying put. They're not, sort of um, uh, keeping their talent in the house. Uh, and the reason was, uh, and this was something I, I read from uh, uh, an opinion guy that I, I like to uh, read and read frequently, was that the house hierarchy is ossified. And I was like, what does that mean? And because um, Nancy Pelosi and uh, uh, the the minority or the majority whip or the uh, majority um, leader, uh, who is your guy, the Maryland guy, what's his name? Uh, shoot, I'm blanking on it. Um, anyway, he's, he's been like, uh, Nancy, I don't know. uh, he's been Nancy Pelosi's like second in command forever. Um, and there's nowhere for any of the younger talent to go because these oldsters are sort of embedded where they're at. And mm-hmm. so when, when, uh, you know, the talented younger people like, uh, you know, for instance, Hakeem Jeffries is, is often talked about as the likely next democratic speaker of the house. Um, and, and he is staying in the house. I think he's, he's got his mindset on, on becoming speaker uh, one day. Um, but you have a lot of other folks who are just like, you know what, this, there's nowhere for me here. Um, the seniority, uh, issue is where you just have the, the, the oldsters who've been there forever, um, who aren't as effective, um, in a lot of ways because they've, they've lost a step or two, mm-hmm. uh, uh, aren't going anywhere. So there's nowhere for them to go. So they leave and you end up having a, a less, a less good group of people, um, as your leaders in the democratic in the, in the house. Um, and that's because of this ossification, uh, of, of the house. And I was like, that's, that seems like a good word. Let's do that one. So, uh, that is the word ossify. Uh, you know, uh, version or uh, uh, different parts of speech is ossified, ossifying, um, but a, a generally good word and and uh, and relevant right now. Uh, and now I earlier I mentioned that uh, I had a twofer, and this was because I found out recently that I had been saying two words incorrectly. Okay. Okay. The words are I, I will spell them. And then I will pronounce it. And then I'm going to give away how I, um, the word is I C H O R. Iker. Yes, you are saying it correctly. I, I always, I don't know that I had ever said it out loud. It was one of those, you know, you read a word a lot, but you, you never use it in, in conversation. So I was always saying it like Icor. Icor, but it's Icor. Yeah, it's Icor. Yeah. I, I, I've heard this word before. Okay. And, and, uh, um, so now, uh, I, I don't know if I like the word as much because Icor does not sound as cool to me as Icor, um, which makes me feel like I'm that guy who, um, uh, who is always saying, uh, coven wrong. 
mm-hmm. and saying Coven because he thought it was cooler. Uh, <laughs> Coven. <I, laughs> what was that from? Was that that from was from. Yeah, it was a, it was a school. It was a movie that came out around that time, an independent movie about these two guys, and they were filmmakers, and they were just like, um, they were really. Yes. Oh I my forget. god, what was American? Uh, American was, movie. No. It's called American movie. Here, I'll look it up. I said Coven, and it was just like, yeah, I thought like that's dumb, but I mean, I'm in the same boat because it's like someone would tell me how to actually pronounce, it, like, no, I prefer Ikor. Is it American documentary? If you type in American comma Coven, I think it would probably come up because I think I think the Coven Coven thing is 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 one of its central moments. What was that documentary? That was like that was like it was like mid 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 nineties late nineties. While while you you continue to search for that, I'll do my other one. Uh, the other the other word is T U M U L T. T U M. Tumult. Yes, tumult. That's yeah. how I always said it. That's not it's right. It's tumult. It's tumult. 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 So if something is, what I would think is tumultuous. No, it's tumultuous. I'm like, ah, what a tumult. Uh, so that's another word I think I may stop using because it's pronounced terribly now, now that I know how it's actually pronounced. So um, a little bit of uh, of knowledge, word-based knowledge in this segment. Um, and there you have it. That's the word of the week. Still looking for this movie. <laughs> All right. Is it American? Yeah, I, I know some people listening probably remember that one. It's it's because uh, they were trying to make the movie, um, and, and the movie itself was called uh, Coven, <laughs> and and he was saying it wrong. It, it was a mockumentary, right? There it is, American movie. It was straight up called American movie. Oh, okay, well, it was called American movie. Okay, yeah, film directed by Chris Smith. But it, but it was it they, they were legit people trying to do something, you know seriously but they were themselves humorous so it ended up being a comedy right yeah were they real i think they were yeah american movies a 1999 documentary film directed by chris smith it chronicles the real 1996-97 making of coven an independent horror film directed by filmmaker mark borchard producer raising capital is a cult film yeah yeah crazy yeah that's something i hadn't thought about in a long time it's funny to you know to hear about it again uh it was it was part of like our i don't know the zeitgeist at the time you know if, if you were especially for us film school nerds like that was that was something like you kind of had to have seen uh, or felt that way anyway um so shall we move over to some of the stuff that uh, that you've been watching um uh, for instance, the expanse. Where, where, how is the expanse going? I know that the new season just came out, isn't that right? Or is about to come out? Uh, the new season just came out. No, no, sorry. There was a season four that came out earlier this year during uh, COVID. Then okay. season five starts in January, and they got the go ahead for season six, and this is going to be the last season. Oh, okay. So season so five. I, I feel like the, I'm seeing it everywhere. 
the showrunners are winding it up, but the books, I believe, are going to still go. Oh, okay. So okay. kind of the opposite of some other show with books and. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, the and then the the other news was one of the lead characters, not a lead, but one of the other lead characters was Me Too'd. Uh, he wasn't Me Too'd. He was accused of things, and after uh, Amazon did an internal investigation, they've decided to release him from the show, so he will not be in the sixth season. Oh, really? Which uh, which guy is that? Uh, he's the pilot of the ship. Alex is his name. Oh, is uh, oh he's like the. Uh, he's like it's like he's from Texas. He's like a right. Cowboy, oh, okay. but he's like yeah. Indian. He's like Indian. Right, he's like right. Uh, culture. No kidding, he got me too, huh? I, I yeah. wonder what he. Well, that, there we go. We're like, oh, poor guy, he got me too. I like, know, but what no, did he do, right? He went to conventions and he was inappropriate with younger women. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and that I guess it turns out to be true. That's uh-huh. a bummer. Sorry, and, and sad for all those uh, ladies who were yeah, just out to see it. You know, somebody who you think is cute and cool and whatnot, and he's like, yeah, I am cute and cool. Let's go up to my room. It's like, right, okay. yeah. So, I mean, have fun with it, but don't don't hurt people. Don't take advantage right. of them. Uh, no kidding. No kidding. Well, good. I didn't like him anyway. There are a couple other people on the expanse. So I, I uh, hope get me. It's too. a strange cast. It's a strange cast, but the it is. just keeps coming through, and the 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 science of the fiction is just keeps coming through, and I just it's great to watch. It doesn't let you down. It always has a lull, and all of a sudden it picks back up. It's like, oh my god, this is great. Yeah, that's cool. I I always thought that the the lead uh, just. Uh, I don't know if it's unfortunate or not, but it just seemed too much like uh, uh, Jon Snow. You know, like 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 he looks the same. They they kind of have a similar affect. Like they they even their voices are a little the same. I'm just like you know how how unfortunate that he's like the uh, you know a poor man's Jon Snow on this show. Um, but I mean he's good. I think he does a good job as kind of like you know the 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 uh, taciturn hero of of the Expanse. Um, but, but yeah, the, the other, the other characters are just, you know, they're interesting, but I, I'm not a fan of all the actors on there. Um, mm-hmm. but I, 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 the only thing that would really compel me to, to jump back in the show is if I, if w- would be looking for the return of Tom Jane. Um, I, I don't know if that's in the offing or not. And if you know, you know, don't tell me, but, uh, I, 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 I want to, I want to see, I want to see that him him show up again, but I don't know if that's the case. But anyway, so hey, you, so, I'm Tom yeah. Jane. <laughs> <laughs> so so you were watching season four that came out. I, I'm going through year. season four, yeah, nice. Okay. And, and I'm also uh, finishing off uh, Supernatural, the final six seven episodes of mm-hmm. that show, fifteen seasons, and uh, finishing that off. Um, and let's see, did what else did I tell you I was watching? Um, Supernatural Expanse, Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah, finishing off Big Bang Theory. We got another season and a half left, and uh, well, you ripped through those, dude. Uh, yeah, they're like candy, like three, four, five episodes a night, and and they're just they're some of the things are damn funny, and yeah. they're so quick and harmless that you just don't care about sometimes. Um, and uh, I'm enjoying it, and uh, I'm I'm trying to avoid all the my for some reason, of course, the my Google knows that. Uh, I've been watching it. So like, Hey, or Facebook does too. It's like, Hey, you want to watch this, uh, interview with him after the series finale? It's like, no, I don't want to find out. Like if there's, and not, there's a plot to the show, but like, right. I've heard like it was not controversial, but some people weren't happy with a finale. I'm like, well, who the hell's like, 
what are these fanboys? <laughs> I know. Big so I'm kind of curious about what's going to happen now. Um, yeah, and uh, it's it's it feels. I'm glad I didn't have to watch this over 12 years. I'm glad I'm watching it over. Was it three four months? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and and there's some damn good laughs in there, Brian. Um, the the Sheldon character is fantastic. It's, yeah, he's he's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I'm glad you're saying that because I think I think it's like it's cool to hate on Big Bang Theory because you know it's it's got a, a number of uncool things going for it. Uh, you know, it's a sitcom. It's on CBS. Your parents probably like it. Um, uh, but the fact is, is that the writing is is pretty strong a lot of the times, and and the the cast is good. And it, it's just like a, it's like a nice show to watch and it's sort of up our alley in a way because it really does, you know, it doesn't pay lip service to geek culture. I mean, it's all about geek culture. It, it, it really embraces it and, and goes where, where the nerds go. And I think, I think it can be kind of a knee jerk thing to say, oh yeah, Big Bang Theory, you know, that's, it's terrible or whatever. And it's just like, you know, it, just going objectively by a lot of the things that people tend to like about television, it's, it's, it, it's hitting on all cylinders in a lot of those ways. Um, but, uh, yeah, so if it's on, yeah, cause we used to watch it, they would, they would show, um, you know, episodes on like TBS or something like that, or, you know, kind of like the, the local off brand station and they'd have that in syndication and it would just be on and, it was an episode you'd seen before, something like that. It's like the perfect TV to to watch while you're on your phone, mm-hmm. um, uh, because you could look up, get ready for you know some some laugh or something. It's like, oh, okay, that's good. Then you go back to your phone. Um, I don't know if you ever saw that one video that somebody put out of um, Big Bang Theory, a scene with no laugh track. No. Uh, yeah, it it was it was it was kind of crazy. It was a little horrifying because you're like is the only reason I'm laughing because I hear other people laughing? Is this show actually funny or am I just being like led by the nose to like, no, no, this is funny. Hear the laughter. Now you, what laugh. is it called? Um, Big I don't Bang know. Theory, no laugh track. Yeah. Yeah. Big bang theory. No laugh track. Um, it, it's, it's a little psychotic, honestly. Like you're just like, why was this filmed? Uh, and I just wonder if you took the laugh track out of the entire show, if it, if it would be in any way successful, I, I think it'd probably be all right. But, um, it did. It did make me think. Like, am, how hard am I being manipulated by laugh tracks? Is that why they do this? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's. I, th- I think it's. It's. Um, at worst, it's an innocuous show. Uh, but uh, at best, I think it's. Um, it's. It's sort of a, a worthy entry into um, you know sitcom lore. And there's been some just inarguably great sitcoms. And I think it's. I think it's. Uh, you know, probably in their category. Yeah, I, I pulled it up and watched it. They just so there is it's just an episode and it does have a laugh track, but then they just put room tone. Yeah, room tone over it. Room and tone so, over it. I guess it would it, what it would really do was change how you edit it, right? Because with a laugh track, you're sort of and a live studio audience or whatever, you're waiting you're waiting for the laughs to end before you say your next line a little bit. Kind of, you know, kind of like theater a little bit. Um and so you, take, if you didn't have that, you would just cut right to the next line and just let let the laughs catch up with you. Yeah, it's taking out, it's almost taking out a part of your brain, and 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 not and ignoring it as terms of the process of listening to it and watching it. It's it's kind of cheating. Yeah. Uh, but I'll watch it later. <laughs> Due to my hatred of the television show, The Big Bang Theory, I expose how unfunny the show actually is when you <laughs> take out the left track. 
4.8 million views yeah it's like next level trolling um it actually makes people who like the show kind of doubt themselves um yeah it was very good that way no it's a bad show like in terms of like the characters don't nothing they don't there's no growth at all and they're they're first people who are geniuses they're they're idiots they don't you know they're just living their life right um but i mean the fat like the the paychecks these actors got is oh really my god insane. Oh my god! And they will continue to get for perpetuity. I mean, the royalties. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm watching it now, and and HBO paid for it, and they're they're you know golden. I think uh, it's you know they don't have to work a day in their life again. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. Kaylee Cuoco is working, and uh, we watched about 10, 15 minutes of her HBO. Flight att- the flight attendant. Did you watch some of that? How was it? Few minutes. Yeah, I couldn't. She's right. not bad in it. She's herself or whatever. But it's just like the yeah. plot's just like, no thanks. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I I, I feel like. I keep hearing about it like it's a it's a, a great thing, um, but that's not is that HBO Max show? Yes. Okay. Um, staying on, uh, I remember the other show that I'd been watching. Um, oh. yeah, it's uh, it's Shit's Creek. Oh yes, I finished that. Did you have you have you? I watched the first part of the first episode like the week it came out, mm-hmm. long time ago on Netflix. It was one of the first shows on Netflix. Yeah, they bought it from Canada, I think. Right? Yeah, 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 like Fuse TV or something like that. And yeah. I didn't find it funny. Yeah. And I was like, I love these actors, but I just I didn't find it funny, so I didn't watch it. And then what is it? Five, six years later, Danielle, it started getting buzz, and then yeah. Danielle watched them all, and she's like freaking loving them, and she's quoting them, and I'm not even watching it, and I'm quoting them. <laughs> right, right, um, right. Yeah. David, like David. <laughs> like, so I do that for her. I haven't even seen it. But you know she likes it, so you you, you make the wife happy. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and I know we talked. <laughs> anyway, I know we talked about uh, uh, this show earlier when I when I had I guess the the most recent uh, season hadn't come out yet. Um. So I know we've had some crosstalk about it. Um. But uh, the final season came out, and um. You know it was it was good. It was more it was more of what you'd come to to like about the show, um, and, and it ended well. Um, and it was interesting because that Netflix, I guess, produced a, a show, kind of a documentary about the making of the show, um, and also filming the last season, um, with a lot of, um, interviews with the actors, uh, mostly, mostly, um, uh, uh, Dan Levy, the, uh, the son of Eugene Levy, who's, who's also, who also plays David. Um, he, he seems to be the kind of creative driving force. He's the one who brought in his dad and said, Hey, you want to do the show and all that. Um, and it was just such a, a curious thing because it, it, uh, I, I feel like by the end they, they had, it seemed like the focus on the show was, uh, on this documentary was how, how it expanded, um, the depiction of L- LGBTQ, uh, people, on television and and i think it i think it definitely did do that and and had a huge impact in that way because it 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 sort of went beyond normalizing it it just it was like the the fact that that um that david is is gay or i guess bisexual on the show um is is such a um accepted and not terribly important thing about him it's not like you know it's not hitting anyone over the head with it it's just like this is who he is. This is who he loves. Um, let's get on to the funny stuff, and and that sort of counterintuitively was like hugely important in 
in um, in how you sort of properly depict um, LGBT uh, folks on TV, and um, and just some of the some of the the footage in that documentary about you know with the with the the crew the the actors sort of reading um, a letter uh, from people who who sort of used the show in a way to help them come out. Um, was, it was, it was really cool in a way. Um, but it, I, I did think that, you know, contrasting the documentary with the actual show, it felt like there was a disconnect there. Um, like maybe, maybe in the end with the Emmy love they've gotten and, and as hugely popular as they are, they, they've, they've kind of, um, got a little kind of gotten a big head, which you can hardly blame them for mm-hmm. because at the end of the day the the show is just a, a really good sitcom, you know, like kind of like big bang theory. Um, you know, the, the ways that they're, they're breaking norms societally is very, is very, um, subtle. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think part of the reason it's so uh, popular is not just because it's sort of kind of low key funny and all that is, is because it's such a handmade show. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody feels like it's, they discovered it. Like, like it's it's their show because no one else no one else would would be able to get past the fact that you know half the show takes place in a little motel room with you know Canadian comedy stars like this isn't for anybody but but if everybody feels that way then it's a it's it's a it's a blockbuster show right um, and I know I've said this before but I I, I think the part of the reason it blew up was obviously because it was on Netflix and so available. But I think it was also because, um, they really embraced growing those characters. Um, because the, the, the plot of Schitt's Creek of course is that, um, Eugene Levy's character, um, is, is a mega millionaire, um, created and built up a kind of a blockbuster video type, uh, empire has everything stolen from him by a, like a, a business manager and puts all of his, his entire family into poverty. And the one thing he did as like, as a lark was he bought this town called Schitt's Creek. And so that's his, like his, his one asset. So he decamps the whole family for Schitt's Creek. And, and it's just like, it couldn't be any different, any more different from, you know, Beverly Hills and Los Angeles than, than you could imagine. And so the show is about them learning to live, and, and, you know, uh, a much, you know, a different kind of life in a, in a much less cosmopolitan part of the world. And when the show changes and it's not right away, but is when they start to actually embrace it in a way and, and, uh, defend the people that they sort of came in, um, mocking, you know, and it's as re- that was really affecting, and and it just sort of built from there, where it was like it was the heart. You know, you start feeling mm-hmm. uh, uh, how much heart they put into the show and and the characters, and um, it, it was it just ended up being that that sort of mix between you know the comedy and and the sort of uh, you know warm warm feelings you get during certain moments. It was just it was um, it was a plus stuff, and um, you know I'm glad I watched it. Um, I, How do you I'm, feel it compares to like Ted Lasso? I feel like um, it, it actually there there I think it it, it compares pretty well. 
by what by that I mean to say that that they seem to be after in some ways the same things um, in terms of sort of um, uh, some of the archness and uh, kind of low-key negativity I guess that, that some some shows <clears throat> sort of embrace in, in place of a sense of humor or, or heart they just like let's not do that let's let's just wear our hearts on our sleeve let's be earnest um, let's not let's not just go always for for kind of um, a sarcastic you know know-it-all sort of tone and I think I think Ted Lasso does the same thing and I and and maybe part of the reason it did so well was because in the larger culture what the focus was was Trump and and the people who supported Trump and Trump uh, his, at his core I guess and, and and I guess the 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 main appeal to his supporters is that he's an asshole and they love that he's that and they and they like yeah go be more of that to the people that I don't like mm-hmm. and it's so so there's just so much meanness you know, there's always a kind of like a core of meanness to politics because it matters so much. But no one before had ever put that in everyone's faces the way that that Trump did and his supporters. And so so Schitt's Creek and, and Ted Lasso are such great antidotes to that. And I think people just latch onto that. It's like, oh, kindness. Oh, what's that? You know, that's fun. Uh, and it can be funny. Uh, it's just it's just a um, it's just a great thing. And I, and I think they just, uh, you know, Dan Levy and. Jason Sudeikis sort of have, have tapped into, um, you know, filling the gap of, of, of what, what's in the culture and what we need more of. And, uh, and they both done that in terms of like quality and all that, I would say that Ted Lasso is more polished. Um, but you know, let, I would say Schitt's Creek is, um, well, it's silly to say better in a way because, but I, I just think they were able to do something after five seasons or however many seasons they've done that's pretty, pretty great. Let's see where Ted Lasso ends up. Um, if I have, if I put season one of Ted Lasso up against season one of Schitt's Creek and said, you can watch one or the other, I would go with Ted's Ted Lasso, but you know, let, let's, let's see how it all shakes out. Um, uh, you know, once, once the Ted Lasso is done with their run. Um, but I, I, th- I think in terms of heart and what they're after, I think they're, they're after similar things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heart. I, it's not something you'd seen too often, like a sitcom, like let's say Will and Grace really just goes for the jokes and very not too often they would have a heart episode. Mm-hmm. Like and that was pretty standard since you know, the 80s to yeah. have like an episode with a little bit of heart. But the way that um, the these shows and I, I caught an episode or two while my wife was watching. Like they do go for like especially Schitt's Creek is like really about family and how they really support each other and need each other's support mm-hmm. and people being themselves. Um, comes through and then Ted Lasso is just 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 so human um mm-hmm. I mean it's, it's, of course it's fictional like things always kind of you know, things go well for the most part on that that show so yeah it's so fictional but it's 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 because you know you you get what you give out and that's what that's kind of like the Ted Lasso thing what what is the thing um the poster above his door that he has to this is believe believe yeah yeah <laughs> yeah believe yeah, there's so many great moments in that and Ted Lasso. I, I, and also about just going back to Schitt's Creek for a moment. Um, I think part of the reason pe- people why why I find it, you know, why I root for it more than I might another show is just that, um, you know, I love Eugene Levy and I'm glad he's having this like, you know, resurgence. Um, and he's so good in the show um, and he looks great. 
And but what I also really like is that you know he gets to work with his son, like, and yeah. his son is is doing a star turn on Schitt's Creek, and you know his dad gets to see that every day. He gets to you know so just the the father son aspect of it, and also Catherine O'Hara, you know mm-hmm. you know just just a fantastic actress, and and you know she gets to come out and be uh, hilarious, and and probably more people have seen her now than have seen her since she was in Home Alone or Beetlejuice. And so it's like she's having this sort of resurgence. I mean, obviously she was amazing in all of the Christopher Guest mockumentary movies, which is kind of where I'm I'm more used to seeing her lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I just love that she's that 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 whole SCTV, you know, group is kind of having having this this moment. I, I that's it's sort of a, a kind of a heartwarming uh, second act story, which I love. I think other I think it probably affects other people too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I, th- I think that's a lot of, uh, heartfelt recommends in this, in this episode. Yeah. Two. <laughs> Two. No, we got Ted Lasso. We got the crown. Okay. Uh, the crown. we got, uh, Schitt's Creek. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I guess three. And then, and, and, and the hobbits, the, the hobbits movie, if you haven't seen those or, or want to check them out again, uh, just like dead actors, the heart felt shows come in threes and the hobbit films come in threes <laughs> that's right that they they do uh and i wish it had been two honestly of the for yeah. hobbit um yeah so shall we uh switch over to apple news yeah that's what everybody's waiting for yeah they've been they've been clamoring that's all that we see on the comments just well, apple news more apple news um, well, Apple News, the big deal uh, now after the iPhone's coming out and the watch is coming out and the new operating system coming out is the new uh, processors. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the silicon that's in these new computers of MacBook Air, uh, their most popular laptop, Mac Mini, their little Mac Mini, tiniest little, you know, desktop computer and um, MacBook Pro, but the 13 inch. So kind of just like, yeah, I want something a little more than the mini, but I'm not a quote-unquote pro which is just nicer more expensive equipment it really isn't pro mm-hmm. um, they all came with something called the m1 chip and the m1 chip is a uh, like a, a bigger better brother of the a chip a what are they at 14 now that have been in the iphone since 2012 i believe they started making their own processors and putting them in designing them and manufacturing them and the goal, of course, was probably always to get them you know, into the computers. Um, yeah. But um, and now they have, and I have purchased one of these computers, and it is the fastest machine, the coolest machine, like temperature-wise, the quietest right. machine, and it's a MacBook Air, and if you can get it for nine hundred bucks. Really. Uh, and it beats the Pro computers. The Pro computer, I have a sixteen-inch. Uh, uh, laptop and it and it beats that in just about everything. Okay. Uh, there is an old adage of Steve Jobs coming into a meeting at Apple saying, "Here's an iPad. This wakes up as soon as I, you know, as soon as you click the button. And then here's the MacBook Air, and he throws it on the table. Make this do that, and he walks out. <laughs> and this is, so this has got to be 2010 or 11 or something. And now it took them this long to finally get it. When you open up the computer, the screen's on and it's ready to go. Really, um, it's super fast. Uh, it's 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 just like I I would say something happened in the last decade, and that was that computers you stopped wanting to get the average consumer stopped wanting to get the fastest computer because what most people were doing 
uh, surfing the internet, emailing, uh, video chatting, everything kind of came of speed. Like you weren't like, oh, it's not fast enough. And, and this is just my anecdote. Maybe it's still crappy out there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't talk to too many PC people. Yeah. Um, because I'm, a, I'm <laughs> Why would you even bother? Um, the I just I don't I don't talk to them about computers that much. Right. Um, because they don't want to hear my my Mac my Mac stuff. Yeah. Um, but it feels like that got okay. And with LTE speed for phones, everybody's doing okay in terms of, oh, I want a faster phone. I want a faster phone. Of course, you want a bit faster, faster and quicker and, and all that stuff, of course. But it wasn't, we weren't complaining about it as much anymore. Right. I think maybe battery life would be the one complaint we're all getting. You know, you stuff to charge your stuff. Right. Well, these new computers, man, are getting set 18 to 20 hours of battery, a full day, more than, even more than the phones. And they have a big yeah. ass screen. Of course, they have a big battery inside, but the, the chip is just killing it um it's, it's like, yeah it's incredible to me because it's like uh you know they are i mean it's actually like national news that those chips have essentially surpassed in, intel's right now yes um, they're and, and it's like how did apple do that i mean it's it's like yeah it's sort of been in the works for a long time as you were saying because of you know the, the the what what they were using in their devices but to suddenly i mean it, it feels like a quantum leap forward for Apple to suddenly to say decide what felt like last year, hey, let's do our, let's put our own chips in the computers, and then this year it's like they're better than Intel, and Intel has been doing it for decades, and they just they just lapped them, and you're like, how how in the world did they do that? I, I mean, uh, I, I wonder if there's, um, I mean, I feel like there's probably a, a a full nonfiction book to be written about that process because I think it's probably that important in a way. They definitely decided this a long time ago, probably yeah. 10 years ago, because yeah. they've been investing in silicon and developing for the iPhone and iPad and probably all along running it on computers, but it wasn't ready yet. Yeah. Um, I think the real reason why they released it now is because they finally got the ratio of not having to have a fan um, and being immediately on and running um, the software. Because now it runs, when you buy one of these computers, it runs a Mac just like the Intel Mac does. But because of the M1 chip is the same as in the iPhone, all the iPhone apps run on the laptop. Mm. Oh, really? In their little in their little iPhone window, or they are uh, rewritten to be universal for the computer as well. Oh, interesting. So that's something that's going to happen over time. So instead of you going to the Netflix on your browser, you're going to use the Netflix app. That's the same one that's on your phone and iPad and Apple TV. So it'll be okay. one app that has four different kinds of code in it for running okay. on each device. Wow. Um, that's something that I think is going to take a couple years to come through. Everybody's going to love that. And they'll be like, it's, it's kind of like all these different devices we have are the same interface and interaction and, and, and access to different things, whether it be the browser or an app. Mm-hmm. And it's just a different experience because of the size of the screen and the input you have touching your watch, touching your phone, using your iPad or a keyboard with your iPad and then getting to a computer and using a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Um, and probably something in the future, like glasses. Eventually, we are going to have some sort of VR glasses or AR glasses where you look out and you see things, graphics on everything you see around. Right. These chips are going to make those things possible. Um, but the thing was that why they release it now is the fact that they could say all day battery life for a laptop with yeah. hard use. It's it's the the testing that the reviewers are doing. It's like, um, yeah, I, I tried to render this video and I had to recharge my computer and even recharging got down to 23%. The MacBook got down to 87. 
Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. The, Air, the new chip. So it's incredible. Yeah. Now, what's even more incredible is they're comparing this to Intel chips that you can buy right now, top of the line, $4,000 laptop from Apple that uses a fan. When they start putting fans on these chips and they overclock them and take the heat away so mm-hmm. they can keep keep running at high speeds, these M1 chip is probably going to have an MX chip or an M2 chip coming in the next year, and it's mm-hmm. going to destroy the other chips really it's gonna, and it's it's gonna be and for the for for the price that they're probably gonna sell it for wow. um i mean they did they changed nothing they literally just changed the inside insides of the the the, the motherboard for this mm-hmm. and took a fan out of the macbook air the macbook air we bought one for my wife uh this summer um for her to use to stay up to date and then here they are, they have a new one, and I'm just sitting there like, oh, do I eat the cost and get this new chip? But I was like, you know what, let's just wait till like, the next version because it's working fine for what she needs. Yeah. But it is, I can't do enough to recommend. If you need a computer in your Mac or you want to switch, MacBook Air is poof. Yeah. You get the educational discounts, another $100 off, AppleCare 220 and it's it's amazing. I, it's exciting because the battery life thing is going to be a big deal. You're not going to take your cord with you. You're just going to, you're not, you're not going to worry about powering it. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's not going interesting to know how that, how that plays over time. Uh, you know, cause I, I know with like a lot, a lot of laptops, um, even, even, you know, PC laptops, Lenovo's or whatever, is that the battery life, you know, is often very strong to begin with, but then over time, you know, whatever juices in the battery, um, I'm not really sure how, how that works. I don't know the science behind it, but it, 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 it does seem to hold on the charge um, for less less a period of time than it does when it starts. And I wonder if uh, – I, I imagine the same sort of entropy would be at play with, with even these new ones. But, you know, what, so what does it look like five years down the line? Uh, does it give you, you know, if not 24 hours, they give you 18 hours, you know, which is still pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, I, but I guess we won't, we won't really truly know that until some time has passed, I would think. Well, I think that, the, like I said, the reason why they waited is to get to that, you know, it's not just 12, 13, 14 hours battery life under just browsing and emailing, um, which most right. people probably got 10 hours. It's a full 20 hours of video watching or, you know, doing more than just light work. Right. Um, they got to that point. Now that they're at that point, they don't need to do that again next year. Mm-hmm. What they need to do is make the chip even faster or smaller or this or that while staying at that 20. And they can stay there for a few years because that's enough to be like, well, they nobody else is going to get close to that for at least two, three years. Right. So they'll stay there on that point, but then they'll increase the speed and, and, and keep, you know, making things better. It's There's something... I don't want to get into the details of it, but like memory, like the, the amount of time it takes, this thing takes a third of the time to write like a one and a zero than other processors do. And just really? doing that basic thing makes it that much faster, uses less heat and energy to store and write that one and zero down and to feed it back to you in the processor. It's like, it's, it's pretty sick. It's, yeah. I, I don't mean to tell you, I know how computers work, but I'm not, I, I'll just. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, no I mean, I mean, just just hearing, thinking about, you know, the size that they're they're working at, and and what 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 they're tasking these chips to do is just, uh, I I feel like that there's there's um, 
similarities in terms of complexity uh, and, and, and the application of very heavy science to, you know, nuclear technology or astrophysics or anything like that. I, it, it feels like it's at that level. It's just amazing to, to contemplate, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's, um, that's awesome that Apple has, has, um, managed to convert that. I would imagine also that that means that they, they would, uh, start to become a source themselves of chips. I don't know if, if they're only going to supply, um, Apple products with it. With, with their chips or if they're yes, going to actually start i have no doubt that's all they're going to do <laughs> well i mean they, they they could become double the size of 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 their current size if if they decided like you know what let's just put intel out of business let's just um let's do that and then everybody's running mac chips who knows um obviously they'll they they, they the, know the best as to the industry will catch up and maybe surpass them at some point because the need of a supercomputer is not what apple's going for yeah um, so and with that there's like unlimited heat you can just you know use super cool stuff with liquid nitrogen and you know it's doing folding of you know calculations over and over that they um the a macbook air doesn't need to do right um that's what i'm saying i think the macbook air if they didn't upgrade it for three years it would be fine is basically with the, wow. with the both the battery life and the chip speed, yeah. Um, versus usually the every year and a half that they would come out with one. So they've they've doubled that down. But I think that they will. They'll come out with another one. And then they might even start to change the form factor of these things. Um, but we'll see. But it's it's yeah. very it's very exciting. It's it's just like one of those things like SpaceX going into space right now is you know Apple has released a chip which is we're still moving forward with chip speeds and. You know, everything's getting faster and, and, and more efficient, and that's yeah. what we need. Absolutely. Um, was there any more uh, uh, news to come out of Apple? Uh, there's a bunch, but nothing. That That's the big thing. I don't want to go over anything else. Okay. I don't want to overflow your... your yeah, uh, my, your... My, my, my mind is already blown with the chip, so I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't take much more. Um, I, so I, I think probably before we, we end, I, I, I want to talk about one thing. I know we didn't talk about this before before we were, uh, the show. Um, but the monolith. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been uh, busy, Brian. <laughs> your namesake has been uh, showing up in various places, uh, apparently. So is that, for anyone who, who hasn't been uh, following this, um, this story, um, a... A, a strange metallic monolith showed up, I think, in, in the southwest, the desert southwest somewhere, um, in some kind of like canyon. And it was just found by um, some sort of, you know, uh, basically park rangers or whatever, kind of doing some kind of survey. And they looked at it, what the hell is that? And they come down, they look, and they start taking pictures. And it's and it's just like if, if 2001 had been a found footage movie, um, these would have been some of the clips that we would have seen. So it was, it was you know, it's like, well, who put it there? You know, is this kind of like a Banksy type thing? Um, and then it just disappears. Uh, and and uh, no one, like, no one knows where it went or whatever. And then I think either yesterday or two days ago, um, the same monolith, or at least one very much like it, shows up in Romania of all places. And uh, they, again, they don't know who put it there or where it came or whatever. Um, so uh, I don't know what, what I, I heard somebody on Twitter just like, is if, if this is going to be some kind of like marketing campaign, I'm going to be super pissed. And I'm just like, <laughs> the second they thought about that, the second they said that, I'm like, it's oh, a little yeah. snack marketing. 
<laughs> oh, Get man. I, I, can you imagine the influx of people if we finally revealed that? They'd be like, what's all this about? And they're like, oh, it's just this podcast? What? Uh, but but the, the the way it's 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 clearly it's a funded thing because you know you're you're coming in it's an operation to set that thing up and then like kind of not leave a trace it's another thing to then you know take it away and then to set it up again in some other part of the world I mean that that's it's funded so it it does have the it does smack of a of a marketing campaign that is just going to piss everybody off in about like a week or two I don't know what do you think. Well, I know. I don't need to think. I know. Oh, oh, yeah. That's. I should have said that. Tell uh, us the truth of this monologue. I mean, it's it's a hell of a lot of work, Brian. <laughs> um, it, it to to get you know to to leave something there for a month that it took them a month to find in the first place. Oh yeah, that must have been and frustrating. Then, then they finally see it, and like the nerds and Google Earth like look at pictures and they say, oh yeah, it's there. It's not there. Oh, we know where this place is, and you know, they figure out where the location is. Yeah. And they go to see it and. Not being seen doing all this stuff, carrying it on my back, <laughs> and then burying it to look as though nobody just dug it up and buried it, and like just it's just yeah. there. Yeah, that was and, tough. I bet. And 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 the hardest part was you know not getting enough steel because <laughs> I made a triangular <laughs> shape and it's supposed to be rectangular. Yeah. So I missed the whole side. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you did miss a side. Um, you did. I was kind of a monolith has an actual was a it's a it's a one by one by four by uh, nine one by four by nine I think is what it is there's a, there's an actual there's an actual there's a cube to the one by three by nine is what it is okay uh, so you have one depth three width and then height is nine oh, okay I, th- I believe is what the monolith was designed uh, yeah. originally um. But, uh, yeah, and then showing up in uh, Europe, that was, whew, that flight. Yeah, was tough. I must uh, probably t- took the red eye over there to yeah, Bucharest. Like, What's in the back? Shut up. <laughs> Don't ask. Um, and yeah. uh, carrying yeah. all by myself. Uh, no, Brian. Where's it, it, it going to show up is next? A, That's this, is an al- this is a great elaborate hoax. I love it. It's yeah. fantastic. They have reports of somebody seeing four men removing the first one. Okay. And and being removed, and then the new one is a completely different. It's a hack job. It's like you really? can see they use tools to shine it down. Like you can see the oh. sanding. So it's not. It's, it, it does. It seems like a a, a copy, um, like like a copycat. Copycat. Yeah, it could be, or it could be something that like where they actually you know communicate over the internet and say, hey, why don't we all do this at different times and put oh, it in okay. the ground? Right. Uh, the thing that freaked me out was the there was a something heading toward Earth. That was not an asteroid at some point. And I'm trying to find stories about it. I was going to talk about it, but I couldn't find stories. But the, they were, oh, yeah. it was, it's an asteroid. Then it got closer. And like, no, it's not an asteroid. What is it? And I think the, one of the stories I heard is that it, they thought, NASA thought it's actually a piece of uh, the Saturn rocket that's been in orbit uh, like millions, millions of miles away from us. And it's coming back around. It's going to be 30,000 miles away from us. And it's just a piece of the rocket is going to be going by and grazing us. And it's supposed to it graze us last night, I believe, like 340. Really? Came by. And I can't find it anywhere in the news. Oh, um, yeah. I saw the headlines, I, but I never clicked in. I think I put it up about, I think, I, did I put on Snag? I think you um, might have. I think, I think I'm awesome, and I did that. Um, <laughs> and that, I'm waiting to hear more stories about that. Yeah, how fascinating would that be if that's the case? Like, you know... What would have happened? How would how would it have gotten 
I mean, usually the, the, the things that fall off the, the rockets. Well, it's a TMZ story, but there's no follow-up. Oh, well. Uh, it's a, yeah. Um, what the hell? It sort of reminds me of that one story that was a couple of years back of that weird object that was that was in the solar system and far away, and they didn't know what it was, and they thought it was they thought it was some evidence of um, well, no one really thought it was evidence of um, you know alien life or something, but it wasn't anything that they they could quantify. Um, but I but I think they they obviously figured out it was it was not as uh, groundbreaking or crazy as they 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 thought it might be. It had some weird name to it as well. Anyway. You find anything yet? No, I, I didn't find it. It, it, it. I don't know. I have to relook it up. What I found? Where is it? Well, I'm only now realizing. Here it is. Oh yeah. Um, Earth's new mini moon um, is could be a 60s era's rocket booster. Oh. Yeah. On so September that's... 17, 20, they spotted an object approaching Earth. They assigned it an asteroid label 2020 SO. Um. But they believe uh, this particular rocket, they could be a part of a, it was a, let's see. NASA has confirmed the object is likely no natural object at all. Instead, it appears to be a relic of the early space age, a Centaur upper stage rocket booster, once called America's workhorse in space. The particular rocket might be the one that launched the ill-fated Surveyor 2 spacecraft toward the moon in 1966. Oh. And so it's going to fly by us. Interesting. Um, is it, uh, the lost rocket, if that's what it is, is expected to remain a captive of Earth from from October 2020 until March 2021. And then then what will happen? Uh, it appears to have been pushed from its original trajectory by small but continuous pressure from sunlight. So I I I, I don't know. They're not talking. NASA's not really saying anything about it. Of course they'd be quiet. Yeah, something like this is happening. No, it's just totally I, fascinating, and but I don't know. Anyway, yeah, yeah I've been busy. Yeah, you have, uh, and I actually uh, only now after we were talking about the monolith, I, I I realized we really lost our chance to to have this segment be a monolith moment, and uh, <laughs> that would have that would have been really cool, but uh, I blew it. So Where there you have it. Um, anyway, yeah. So anyway, right? <laughs> so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We're we're at the end point. This is uh, hardly anyone gets to this point. I'd imagine. Um, and to that point, anything else for you, Peter, before we wrap this one up? No, there's just too much stuff. Uh, it's, it's been great talking to you. Um, I hopefully we're done with, you know, this year of politics running yes. into a little snack, um, and we can get more into the, the, the nitty gritty of, uh, what we like to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be good not to, um, have our, uh, mind so consumed with uh, such a vacuous soul as uh, as we have had to deal with for the last four years. It's um, yeah, it'll be nice. We can probably calm down a little bit. Uh, yeah, which is good. But uh, yeah. So uh, great talking to you. Uh, I think that was this was a. Uh, I know I'm biased, but I think this was a good episode. Uh, so until next time, Peter. Until next time, bear trap. Back at you, monolith. Uh oh. <laughs> in the middle of the earth, in the land of Shire, lives a brave little hobbit whom we all admire. With his long wooden height, fuzzy woolly toes, he lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. 
he's only three feet tall. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. Now hobbits are peace-loving folks, you know. They're never in a hurry and they take things slow. They don't like to travel away from home. They just like to eat and be left alone. But one day Bilbo was asked to go on a big adventure to the caves below to help some dwarves get back their gold that was stolen by a dragon in the days of old Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins, only three feet tall. Bilbo. Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. Well, he fought with the goblins. He battled a troll. He riddled with Gollum. A magic ring he stole. He was chased by wolves, lost in the forest, escaped in a barrel from the elf king's halls. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. That brave little hobbit whom we all admire Just sitting on a treasure of silver and gold Puffing on his pipe in his hobbit Ho, ho, Bilbo Bilbo Baggins He's only three feet tall Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins Bravest little hobbit of them all 